The podcast on Haunted Hill will contain spoilers and swearing. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. I saw this Michael. Be one of us. I didn't tell you my name. Hang up. I didn't tell them my name. Long slide with laser siding. It's a brand new. We just got them in. That's a good gun. Just touch the trigger, the beam comes on, and you put the red dot where you want the bullet to go. You can't miss. Anything else? Phased plasma rifle in the 40 watt range. Hey, just what you see, pal. The Uzi 9 millimeter. You know your weapons, buddy. Any one of these is ideal for home defense. Shall it be? All. Let me close early today. It's a 15 day wait on handguns and some rifles you can take right now. You can't do that. Wrong. Drop it! That are alive, you are coming with me. I know you. Hello and welcome to episode 44 of the podcast on Haunted Hill. I'm your host, Gav, and I am with Dan. Dan and Gav, together again. <laughs> Only a couple of weeks after last recording. Do you, that'd be a really bad sequel to a film, wouldn't it? Like it, the <laughs> under tagline, you know, like the title, then it'd be Gav and Dan back again. It's, it, would sound, it sounds like a boring movie. Depends what the first movie was like, if that was good or not. <laughs> Because if that's really good, then it it could be. It could be okay. Yeah. That sounds like a, a 70s or an 80s movie. I don't think a movie these days you could sell with the tagline back again. No. Um, so we're back with some robots. So you've just heard some robots going away. And uh, as as we speak now, we've got Kraftwerk underneath us, that, that, that German pop band. And I'm doing the robot. And they're talking about robots as well. Robot. There we go. Robots in disguise. Do you like robots? I fucking love robots. I mean... I'm a kid uh, at heart, um, a boy, and boys love robots, don't they? They do. We we we're lucky. We sort of came around. Well, I guess we came around with the age of like growing up to Star Wars toys and computer games coming into their element, into game consoles and all that sort of stuff. So for us, being in the '80s was like the perfect time to be into robotic stuff because we've seen the transition from absolutely shit technology to what the fuck I was thinking the other day yeah. I was thinking about um, one of my friends Rob 
he when we were kids he had a pc it was absolutely enormous and we thought it was the most amazing thing and i was thinking the other day if i'd have gone up to me if, if i went back in time and i went up to me then and said showed him my phone and said look at this 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 computer is probably a thousand times maybe more more powerful than that computer and it fits in your pocket and you can take pictures on it and make phone calls i wouldn't have believed him of course not. You'd think isn't that oh, isn't that incredible? Yeah, we just take it for granted. No, no we take it absolutely for granted. Um, my kids don't even understand what the, what wealth they have, wealth of knowledge they have in their hands, and they they play Angry Birds and watch really bad videos on YouTube. I remember um, at one point when Daisy was little, she came up to me with um, a little pretend uh, camera, a little pink like Hello Kitty camera, yeah. and she put it to her. Naturally, she put it to her ear and started talking into it, and I thought. They'll probably not really ever know what it was like when the, a camera and a phone were two very two separate things. things. No. That's it's, true. it's such a good idea though to have a camera, it's like because I've been oh, taking God, yeah. loads more pictures, like and I put them up on Instagram, which I'm loving. Like their filters, you could look at uh, uh, these Instagram photographers as not photographers in just traditional sense of being able to use their mind a bit more. Um, but um, I love being able to just pull out a camera. I pull out my phone and take a picture at any point without having to worry about my camera. I used to take my SLR with me, but it's a bit bulky and it's a bit yeah. well, it's not really practical. So I do love it. I do love it. So, so what we're saying is technology is good when it and works. So, and technology and robots is what this episode is about, Gab. Because what are the two films that we are covering in this episode? Well, if you were going to go for two robot films, which are kind of horror, they they are they are in the vein of horror because they yeah. are quite horrific and there's things in them which are horrific um, we can talk about uh, Terminator from 1984 and Robocop from 1989 um, not Robocop remake and there's not been a Terminator remake uh, there hasn't but there's been too many sequels haven't there I suppose yeah and I guess maybe Schwarzenegger's is, well no they've never done a Predator remake have they done no, any Schwarzenegger done... remakes oh, they did um, Conan remake didn't they Total Recall Total Recall. Of course, of course. Did you yeah. see that one with Conor Farrell? Fucking hell. What, uh, what was I, the point? I don't really remember it that well. Actually. It was shit. I mean, it, it wasn't that shit, but it should have just been like Minority Report 2 or something like that with Tom Cruise in it, because it wasn't really... Oh, t- anyway, the Total Recall was much better, the original. Yeah. Um, but yes, yeah, Terminator and Robocop, two fantastic films. Um, two good movies. We can talk about Terminator first and Robocop afterwards. Dan's got me some World of Strange. I don't know what he's got me, dude. What have you got me? You'll find out, my friend. <sighs> We'll find out. And um, uh, doing a nice segue from the electronic and growing up in the 80s. Um, uh, shameless plug, my album's out on the 12th of May and we're playing one more song from it. Then we'll be going back to movie scores and I won't bore everybody with the stuff that I was making, but it's out on the 12th of May anyway. Um, and that is robotic type stuff. Um, yes, what else, Dan? Anything else going on? I want to quickly give a big congratulations to shout out to our friend Mark and his beautiful wife Emily, yes. uh, who got married on the weekend. We were very honoured to have been invited uh, to the big crazy party, <laughs> and yep. my God, we consumed quite a lot of alcohol, didn't we? Uh, yeah, Mark's been a listener to the podcast a long time, um, and is in preaching natural as Mark. So yes, he is indeed. Funny enough, Rachel, Rachel Blair, Rachel Elizabeth, who also listens to this, uh, is probably listening now. She text me every day to say that she was at the, at the um, airport and sitting next to her was pretty much Mark. Oh, but wow. She didn't know if it was him, so she didn't say anything. Oh, amazing. How, she, what a small she world. She said she was too hungover. Yeah. <laughs> that just takes us back to our, that wedding. Um, yeah, that was really messy. What was Dan... Um, 
Andy's message on the Facebook page. Andy said, I'd like to remind you about the Campari, which me and Gav are like, what does that mean initially? And then I Googled it and was realised, oh yeah, it's like a weird pink cocktail champagne thing that we were drinking, um, which is scary that we don't remember it. I don't remember a thing. It was very um, messy. I just, I went to sleep and I woke up and I was here. Then I, I, I walked in, I walked into the flat and Pete saw me and, um, I, I was kind of suited and booted and I just looked at him and he just looked at me and I went, I'm going to bed and that was all I said and I came in apparently I had a big kiss cheek on my um, lipstick kiss mark that's on because my cheek that's Alice my I fiance. thought it was Alice uh, but I really not remember was leaving them. she was leaving them everywhere at one point just before uh, Emily Mark went to have their, some more photos taken um, Emily had a big one on her forehead from Alice and it was like uh, you might want to wipe that off that was brilliant <laughs> Um, um, uh, so, pretty crazy. Um, I haven't got an Ask Jasmine again today. Next time I'm going to, um, they've not really had much chance to watch something, but I will get them to watch a spooky type, kids type thing for an Ask Jasmine. Because they all want to have a go over doing that now, all the kids. Um, what else is going on, Dan? I wanted to quickly mention a couple of things I've watched, as I always do. I'm on really into my TV shows this month. Um, so I finished, obviously, Bates Motel, um, the oh, final no. episode. I don't think you've caught up yet, have you, Gav? Uh, I've not seen season five of the last one yet. I'm but, um, waiting to see it. Then I'm going to watch Psycho afterwards. I'm not going to spoil it at all, but... Um, it ended up being one of the, the best horror TV shows uh, I've seen. They Lots of twists and turns, flipped bits on the head, kept something traditional. Well, I'm not going to spoil anything. You'll just laugh, you'll cry, you'll be shocked all in the final the final episode. And I'll tell you what, Freddie Highmore is one hell of an actor, actually. Uh, the first episode, first season or two was probably slightly a bit ropey if you look back on them now, but that, feel, that show grew into a really, really great show, I think, and the final series, season especially, and the last few episodes, fantastic. So anyone else that has watched it or hasn't watched it, if you haven't seen it, bloody hell, bloody hell, go and watch it. It's fantastic. Yeah, totally. Um, and I'll give um, a quick shout-out for... Not a shout-out, just a quick thing, a plug, I guess, almost. Um, there's a really good podcast called... Inside Psycho. It's only six episodes and like 30 minutes an episode. It's really good. I uh, recommend it. Uh, Josh, uh, give a shout out to Josh there. He put it up on a Facebook page a while ago. He did indeed. Yeah, thank you. I, I, I read through them and I listened to them. They're really fucking good. There's loads, I, loads of good trivia and stuff. I have them all lined up to listen to. I just haven't had a chance yet. Oh, what with all the drunken weddings and stuff. You could binge them quite easily because only like yeah. 30 minutes. Well, I'm travelling this weekend to uh, a road trip, so I'm probably going to be able to do that then, really. I'll, I'll lie in the back of the car and just listen to them. <laughs> Speaking of uh, TV shows, I've just been binging uh, season two of Twin Peaks. I'm such a twat. The last time we spoke about it, I was like, season two's not as good, blah, blah, blah. That's all I could remember. It's like, what we're talking about, season two where it starts getting trippy. Yeah, it's where it gets really so, nuts. So, so good. But that's yeah. it's perfect. It's what you need. Oh, I'm glad. I'm glad you're enjoying that. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm trying to bang through that before end of this month uh, season three starts it does the other way round to uh, what I was saying about Bates Motel starting off a little ropey and getting incredible um, I'm coming towards the end of Dust Till Dawn the series now it's third season gave has, up. hasn't been renewed for a fourth and I'm probably I wouldn't be surprised if it isn't um the first series was actually I quite enjoyed it. It was it was okay. I quite liked the fact that they it's quite a, the feature. Yeah, exactly. It, la- it just elaborated on the film and turned the film essentially into a ten-hour movie. But season two and three have just gone absolutely weird. You've got like scorpion vampires. You've got snake vampires. You've got witches, zombies. It's just got too ridiculous for me. I mean, again with the OCD that Dan has, too I've got two. two yeah, it's got, I've got two episodes left, and I will finish it but my god that show ended up not in my opinion anyway not being very very good 
What does look very good though, and I hope you've watched this teaser trailer, is the Dark Tower no, trailer. Have you I, not seen it? No. Ooh. Now, I haven't read any of the books, so I, uh, shoot me now, listeners. I am so sorry. I I listened to three of the audiobooks. Have you? Yeah. What do you think? Uh, they're quite interesting. Um, yeah, yeah, jumping from different things here and there, sort of time and places. Yeah, um, it, yeah, it's quite it's quite fun. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a lot. I of don't know how you can. I, I guess I guess it would be too hard to make. I suppose um, the locations aren't too bad. Where the Dark Castle sets. Um, sort of, it's a sort of a sandy sort of land. So I suppose not too hard to shoot, but it just seems quite a big thing to make into a movie. How long's the movie? Is it a part one? Is it? I mean, no, it's not a part one. I, I think they're gonna. I mean, there might be. They haven't mentioned any sequels that I've read about. So okay. I assume they're trying to turn it into just. I reckon they'll do a, do one, and then they'll probably do. Goes. Yeah, because <clears throat> from what I've heard with the books, you can read some of them as uh, one-offs. Um, but you know, obviously, completists will want to read them all, and, and completists will probably want to see a lot from the film. So, yeah, it looked good. It's got um, Idris Elba. It's got Matthew McConaughey in it. Um, I, I think it looks pretty interesting. As somebody who's not read the books, it, it had me interested straight away. So, looking forward to it. It's got cowboys. It's got time travel. It's got sort of supernatural elements, which is all very weird. Three very weird things to throw together. So, I'm really looking forward to that. I think that'd be a great one it's actually a great time to be a Stephen King fan because uh, with that and It coming out um, which I actually, I'm really looking forward to It to be honest with you okay are you looking forward to It? It? Um, yeah I suppose I haven't really thought about it too much to be honest just on a quick side note talking about It I think Clowns and Gorillas I'm just not massive fans <laughs> of them both what if there's, a, if there's a, what if you could tell me if I walked into an alleyway and there's a gorilla dressed as a clown yeah that's exactly what I was going to say that would or if it's a movie about a gorilla dressed as a clown um, yeah uh, it's because it's a human would be in like a gorilla suit uh, if listeners old school, if, and then a gorilla in a clown suit which is also a human suit be like I don't know just a quick request to our listeners if you can find uh, a really look good image of a clown uh, dressed as a gorilla or vice versa or some weird clown gorilla hybrid just post it up on the Facebook page uh, tag Gavin it and uh, he'll love that um, yeah just quick segue from to, from it um, I was having a chat with one of our listeners and friends Kate Pollock the other day who I, I think I mentioned in the past has quite a bad phobia of clowns much like yourself Gavin hers is actually quite severe I don't have uh, a phobia I'm just not into the movies oh okay right well, well Kate's actually got quite a severe phobia to the point where bless her she's currently going through hypnotherapy um, so that by the time it rolls around she hopes to be able to sit down and watch it because she it's her favourite Stephen, uh, Stephen King book as it is mine and she knows she, she's going to enjoy it if she can just just sit through it isn't that crazy what she, dedication she's going for hypnotherapy to see yeah, it I, think, I spoke to her yesterday I think she said she's had three sessions um, so she's still not ready would, to would like, she like any share that with the world things. She, I told her, I said I might mention that on the next episode. She said, yeah, sure. She doesn't give a shit. Kate's right, she doesn't give a shit. She's okay. Um, so, yeah, there we go. Um, uh, yeah, I haven't done anything more interesting, really, other than get drunk with you in a hotel on the weekend. Uh, yeah, so. that's funny. Yeah, that sounds weirder than it probably is. but uh, Not really. Love her. <laughs> now, right. I think we should take a little break and come back. I don't know why I'm speaking like the guy from uh, Alien 3. 
uh, brain. Yes, you are. <laughs> like Don't bring back that last episode. God, I'm so looking forward to talking about I think about we should take movies. a little break. Now, listen, Ripley, I think we should take a little break, come back in a moment and talk about Arnold Schwarzenegger in The Terminator. Okay? He's like, like an old man from Coronation Street. <laughs> right. Um, okay, yeah, let's get, get the fuck out of here and we'll be back with some robot love. <laughs> Bad movies. The world is full of them. From low-budget crap fests to downright unwatchable. And only two men are willing to watch them all. So climb in and take your seat. This is Short Bus Cinema. Let's do it. Hey everyone, this is Johnny Krug from Kruger Nation. And this is Rick Morgan from the Helming Power Hour. And we have decided to team up and take you where no one has gone before. We're on a quest to find the world's worst movie, and we're doing it on the bus. Driving through cult classics in every genre to find the holy grail of bad movies. So if you're looking for something different and more fun than you can stand, then climb on in. Short Bus Cinema is a proud member of Legion Podcasts. That's right, yo! Short Bus Cinema. We'd love to watch the movies you hate. In the 21st century, a weapon will be invented like no other. This weapon will be powerful, versatile, and indestructible. It can't be reasoned with. It can't be bargained with. It will feel no pity, no remorse, no pain, no fear. It will have only one purpose, to return to the present and prevent the future. This weapon will be called the Terminator. You're dead, honey. What day is it? The date? 12th May, Thursday. What year? I'm here to help you. I'm Reese, DN38416, assigned to protect you. You've been targeted for termination. Why me? Why me? Arnold Schwarzenegger is The Terminator. Your future is in its hands. The Terminator 1984. A seemingly indestructible humanoid cyborg is sent from 2029 to 1984 to assassinate a waitress, whose unborn son will lead humanity in a war against the machines, while a soldier from that war is sent to protect her at all costs. 
Uh, that for this film is 33 years old, Gav. It is. Quite yeah. No, this is James Cameron's uh, second movie after Piranha 2, <laughs> Frying Fish. He's done well, hasn't he? I mean, that I enjoy it. That it's Roger Corman. Um, uh, James Cameron was actually actually married Linda Hamilton. Did you know? He did indeed. Yes. Um, all you guys know him from Alien movies, uh, well, a- well, Aliens, um, and a-, a few other little things here so, and there. What's the one he did about a boat? Uh, it's like, it sold Yours? some tickets. Uh, oh, that's the one, yeah. It sold a couple of tickets, didn't it? Uh, bloody Avatar, and he's just announced he wants to do about 500 sequels to Avatar. I don't know what he's playing at. but um, No, I've never, uh, to the truth, I've never seen Titanic and I've never seen Avatar. Right, and that's the end of the podcast. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, he, he's a great director. He does sci-fi action very well. Um, this movie had uh, a good cast as well. Obviously, Arnie, probably his break... I would say his breakout film. It's got to be, hasn't it, really? Uh, it's, it's the movie that made him, because originally he was... He kind of wanted to go for um, uh, Reese's uh, uh, role, but then um, James Cameron said, no, the Terminator's the star of the movie, so went for that. It almost went to... O- well, no, it was considered O.J. Simpson. Yeah, as the Terminator, a man who then later went on to kill people. But they considered him too nice... Um, and Lance Henriksen got quite close to being cast as the Terminator as well, to the point where uh, he wanted the role so badly, they said no, and he went back out. He bought a candy bar that had um, foil wrapper. He ate the candy bar, and then he put the foil wrapper over his teeth, so he looked like he had like a metal mouth. And then he went back in the office, kicked the door in, and sort of marched around the office like a robot, and they were like, wow, that's incredible, that's incredible, we will consider you, but obviously... The Austrian oak himself was... Was it Lance Erickson? Yeah, yeah, man. That, I just pictured, literally, Lance Erickson just storms in the storms into the room, starts walking a city walk like John Cleese <laughs> as Adolf Hitler, and he's got some tinfoil in his mouth doing a really bad grin, just staring at people, going, ah, ah. Like, uh, are you okay there, Lance? Um, that's just right. how, you pi- how you said it, it pitched in we'll, my head. We'll cast you as a cop in it, if you like, if that's all right. Um, I th- apparently he helps um, Cameron sort of um, sell it to the uh, producers. As in sell it, as in the idea, not sell the, sell the script. Um, Lin- Linda Hamilton, obviously, probably the first thing I've seen her in. Um, she has got some 80s hair going on. My God, she looks so different from Woo! the sequel, doesn't she, as well? Oh, absolutely. Uh, Michael Bean, or Bean, um, who we discussed in our Aliens, well, our Alien 3, but we also would have discussed in our Aliens uh, episode as well. And actually, after chatting to him, uh, after chatting about him in the last episode, and uh, you mentioned he wasn't. You've heard he wasn't a very nice guy. One of our listeners actually said yeah. he was a dick to them, didn't he? I can't remember the exact story now, but yeah. apparently they asked him for an autograph, and he got funny about it. And then they asked him to, to write one of his quotes, and he said, "Well, I didn't, I didn't say that in the film." And they said, "Well, hang on, here it is, IMDb." And he went, "Oh, all right." And when he wrote it down, he wrote it down incorrectly spelled. Oh, so uh, that's bad, not, isn't it? That's a shame. But he's he's good at this, I think. I think he's he really, really good. good. Yeah. I kind of I think I prefer him in this than I do in Aliens, actually. His character's great in this. Very athletic and really getting involved in all the action. Yeah, absolutely. Do you like uh, do you like this film? Oh yeah. I mean this uh not to spoil this and the Robocop, but these two films I was quite surprised. Both rate a nine out of ten on IMDB from me, so that's pretty highly regarded. Um 
Robocop is my favourite out of the two, but this is an incredible movie as well for so many reasons, which we'll get into. A couple of little um, extra people in this, isn't there? We've got um, Bill Paxton, rest in peace, is in this. Yep. Um, the only man to be killed by a Terminator, uh, an alien, and a predator. And he, uh, well, in this, I got to admit, when he does, he only gets thrown. I don't really notice if uh, Schwarzenegger actually kills him. That's very true. We don't know if he does kill him, to be fair. Uh, there's one other cameo in this which I completely forgot about, which is hilarious, and that's Dick Miller, um, yeah. who is selling the guns. That's that's one thing I always remembered, actually. Really, I, I completely forgot it was him. Um, it was in nine millimeter. It was in nine millimeter, <laughs> which you would have heard at the beginning of this podcast. It's so good, so so good. And finally, one last person in the cast. Well, not really the cast, but in the crew, and that is the incredibly talent, uh, talented Mr. Stan Winston. Uh, yeah, Stan Winston, yeah. Um, uh, and, and we've got a really special good effects. special effects person for the next movie as well, for Robocop. We have. the Probably Stan Winston's probably only competition, I would say, when it comes to that kind of uh, effect. And I that's think he's Rob- a bit of a protege, was he not? Was he? That would make sense, to be fair. I think so, but I might be wrong. Did um, he... You... Sorry, just while we're just on Robotine, did he do the thing? Yes. Ah, fantastic. There we go. Um, you're also missing out one extra other character as well, and that's Brian Thompson. Oh, yes, he is um, Arnie's double, isn't he, in a lot of films? He's one of the punks with Bill Paxton. Um, well, he also, he's uh, one of the gang in Cobra. He's also, um, Buffy, the Vampire Slayer fans will know him. He turned up quite a few times in the early seasons um, as quite an intimidating, giant, sort of bulky vampire. So he's he's done a lot of work at TV. And he's in Friday Night Part 2, the uh, 80s oh, God, he Night is. Part 2, as well he's as a, the gang. Um, the and, I, I, and I'm friends with him on Facebook. Not that we're actually <laughs> friends in real life whatsoever. We've never met each other or even spoken. But yeah, which is kind of strange. I do remember him in Friday Night, actually, yeah. He's got one of those faces. He's got a very memorable face, hasn't it? I think he might have been in something like Willow or something like that as well. He, he just turns up in like these random films. It's, it's really dark in Cobra. I can't wait till we talk about Cobra or something. Mm. That'll, be our, that'll be our canon um, episode, won't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, so this is a, this is a great movie, Terminator. Um, I think this came to uh, Cameron in a dream, the idea of it. He was ill, wasn't he? He had a fever, very, very ill, and he had like a, a super ridiculously high fever. And he had um, a dream, so a fever dream about a, a, a robotic skeleton walking through fire. And he woke up and he wrote that down and started sketching. And from that, off the back of that, he just came up with um, this premise. And, and actually, it's very simple. I tried to describe Alice has not seen the Terminator and she asked me what this was about the other night and, and I tried to describe it. she said give it to me in one sentence and I, you can kind of do it but it's very it is a quite a simple plot in some ways in that basically there's a war in the future they send someone back in time it's a, a robot ti- it's, a, it's a time uh, travel movie uh, yeah. you, and if you really start to try and look into time travel movie it starts to oh, it falls give apart. you a headache um, it, uh, I watched this with Kat actually she was well up for watching it really did, what is she, is she she's seen it before yeah she, she was well up for watching it I mean it is it's a classic isn't it, it whether you're a horror fan a sci-fi fan an action fan just a film fan it, it's definitely a classic it's one of those ones that gets talked about um, you know everybody knows Arnie for this film everybody knows this film for Arnie the two things go hand in hand really Schwarzenegger only had like 14 lines of dialogue it's crazy isn't it um, Mel Gibson's also uh, cast, uh, almost cast as a role, um, and Mad Max Two was an influence as well over this film's, uh, you know, the way it looks. Oh, really? Yeah. 
Um, I really like the, the um, I've forgotten just how good the futuristic war scenes look. Um, yeah, they are. Actually, the, the lasers and stuff are really good. Uh, tra- yeah. Except one thing, though. One of my notes was that the sound effects are really shit um, at times. Like, you didn't didn't really hear car crashes. A lot of things were missed out. But then oh, really? they, apparently they recorded it in mono, um, a lot of it, or it came out in mono originally. Um, it's only until, like, 2001 DVD special edition. They did a 5.1. Um, and I quite possibly listened to it in mono. Oh, okay. I had it in stereo because I was uh, sat in the dining room uh, while the girls were in the living room, so I had my headphones on, so I was getting the full effect. Okay, well, it still doesn't excuse the lack of sound effects um, no, it doesn't. in those it doesn't. flashback scenes. But um, still, yes, they were really good, and the lasers look good, because obviously Cameron's quite advocated for advanced technology and pushing it to limits which people haven't gone to. Um, and so, to this day, he continues to uh, literally invent cameras so that he can shoot the type of film he wants, doesn't he? Yeah, fair play, He's fair in some ways um, quite the maverick in some ways. Yeah, absolutely. Um, he's, he's up there with the big boys, isn't he? Oh, my God. I mean, his, if you look at the top ten movies of all time, I think, I believe, Avatar and Titanic, probably in the top five, maybe even top three or something. Um, and I've seen them, neither of them. <laughs> and Gav has not seen them, so... Uh, call, yeah. call me a cinephile, no. <laughs> no, not at all. Um, um, okay, let's get into this film. Yeah, do you want to just uh, like rinse through the scenes and just just chat about it? Yeah, we just we just stroll through it like we're we're just we're Terminator. So, I'll be um, Sarah Connor and you can be my Kyle. Have Reese. you got a good Schwarzenegger impression? Um, I can do like uh, him from um, Batman and Robin, mm-hmm. where he says things like um, "Tonight a freeze comes to Gotham." <laughs> And he says, what killed the dinosaurs? The Ice Age. Everybody, if you ask him, probably has a Terminator impression. <laughs> I imagine. Yeah, because, uh, I mean, there's different things he says. Like uh, He says, I really like it in Total Recall, where he says, consider that a divorce. But it doesn't sound like anything. He says, consider it a divorce. Consider it a divorce. Yeah, it yeah. just doesn't sound like anything at all. Don't I'm wake my friend. He's dead tired. <laughs> It's just always one line. It's just like, stick around. Schwarzenegger's just so good, man. Just, just him as a person is just like, come on, man. He's fucking everything. If if Trump wasn't up there, and if he was American, he'd be oh. fucking the president. And imagine that. Schwarzenegger's a president. Terminator's a president. He's like, let us some steam, South Korea. <laughs> do you think he, if he was a president, he'd do like one-liners? Uh, Mr. President, did you enjoy your trip to Australia? I'll be back. <laughs> Just so many things he could say. Do you remember when someone threw um, eggs at him when he was the governor? Um, governor Gallup. What did he say? Exactly. <laughs> well, no, he said all he could think to say very quickly as he wiped eggs off of his face was, that guy owes me some bacon. <laughs> <laughs> he just like spat these lines out very quickly. I bet he's got an earpiece and he has someone who pays full time 24 hours a day just to be there to make quirky lines just if he needs it at any point. <laughs> oh, oh, I went myself in a dream nightmare I had. Quick, give me a line. And the guy's just sitting there, um, um. I remember um, Jonathan Ross, who, for anybody not from the UK, is um, uh, a talk show host over here in the UK. And he was telling a story about once when he was in LA, he got in a lift and there was another lady in the lift. um, And apparently Arnie got in the same lift and uh, he said to her, going down. (laughs) He just started laughing. (laughs) Going down. And you just go, yeah, yeah, that's right. (laughs) In his head, he knows that he's not actually in a film all the time no 
Do you think he thinks he's living in in an action movie where oh. he just has to spit these lines out all the time? I really want to mountain bike around London with him and then smoke <laughs> cigars in a park with him. He's such a legend, man. Scorpion. I just want to give him a hug. Yeah. Well, we've we've talked about Schwarzenegger a lot. Let's get into this film then. Come um, on. Uh, I first saw this meme. Uh, do you know? Do you know uh, Brian Cox, the director? I mean, Alex Cox, the director. I, I've heard of, of him. Uh, he directed uh, Repo Man. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he used to do a program called the Movie Drone. I think it was Movie Drone, Movie Drone, uh, which was on BBC Two, and it started off in '89. Okay. Um, did you ever did you ever see it? Uh, it rings a bell, Video Drone. It was like a very late night uh, show where they'd show. Was it the one where they showed clips of films? No, 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 no. They would actually show very cold sort of movies. Oh, okay. No, I'm wrong then. Sorry. Um, and they started off in. Oh, sorry. It started off in 88. The first movie they started was, was The Wicker Man. Great. Then they played things like, you know, Razorback. Um, oh, wow. Invasion of the Body Snatchers, The Fly, uh, The Man Who Fell to Earth, Good to Back and Bad and the Ugly. Um, anyway, all these sorts of films. And this has been my. This was my gateway of getting into movies 89 so i was uh, i was 12 and, well done um thank you i know it took me a while to figure that out um uh, i was um 12 <laughs> um, <laughs> um and uh yes um it, all these really good movies are playing it was like my gateway of getting into films you wouldn't normally see um sort of different types of films really sort of gritty films because this movie in itself is like a real grindhouse type of film i don't know if it's because it's on the streets lots and there's lots of tramps and shit i mean homeless people but like you know um uh, it's not there's no light in this film it's very dark that they didn't have licenses it was real guerrilla filmmaking they had to sort of go out at night time and just shoot stuff um but it's just something about it and yeah this is my introduction to this uh, movie was on this TV show, which kind of keeps, I don't know, it ha- has a certain place with all of those movies I watched at that period in time, all to categorise in my head, this is one of them, and um, yeah, it's a really good movie, it's a real dark movie, and yeah, it's grimy, what, so how do we start the film? Well, um, let me just tell you how I, I mean, I actually saw Terminator 2 first, believe it or not, um, I never got around... Not, not, I don't, not I don't like Terminator 2. I mean, like, why did you do Terminator 2 first? I, I just, we didn't have a copy of the Terminator in the house, you see. Um, my dad, uh, absolutely huge, um, I better quickly finish that sentence, uh, video collection. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, But one film we didn't have was uh, the Terminator. Um, so, obviously, you know, the age we were when Terminator 2 came out, we were at the fantastic age for that i think we we're probably yeah. like 14 or 15 or something and um well oh, 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 as a boy when it, oh, you're quite young and terminator 2 comes out it's just like oh my god um, yeah, guns and roses on the soundtrack edward furlong such a cool oh my dude. god it was everything to me i wanted to be him yeah edward furlong but maybe we'll cover yeah. t2 at some other time but easy um, money <laughs> your step you're a faster parents are dicks um <laughs> so uh yeah so i one day i, I was just realized like oh this is actually a sequel isn't it and my dad was like yeah we should did you figure it out because it said weirdly it was two. on television but it was an edited down version uh edited down version what of terminator 2 uh, terminator 1 okay so yeah. what was cut so, uh well um a lot of the gore um a lot all the swearing pretty much uh, i think i might have seen that because they would have cut out a lot of the eye scene i suppose yeah, they but the sex scene wasn't even in it. I don't think. I think they started to have sex. Did you see any boobs? 
Uh, no, it, I remember the sex scene there because I remember thinking, wow, I wonder what that means because they cut straight from them starting to take each other's clothes off to gripping each other's hands and I didn't know what that meant. I was trying I to work out if I was jerking off at that point in my life. Oh, Gavin. Because, you know, when you're a kid, <laughs> <'Cause> you <laughs> I can't get out of this now, can I? No, you just said that and we have a lot of listeners. Well, you know, Linda Hamilton and, and topless and stuff. <laughs> 80s hair. Well, come on. So I... So I, when I watched this, I was watching Beauty and the Beast on TV, which started... Oh, shit. And, and that's Ron Perlman, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't so know I, that until recently. I can watch that. I was like, what? I don't get it. Yeah, I watched it, and it's a shit programme, wasn't it? Uh, I really enjoyed it as a child, but it's probably... remember probably any of it. Probably dog shit now, but yes, to be fair. But yeah, let's get into this movie. Go One thing it. I would say straight away is the score. We did try and sing on it out dun, earlier. Dun, dun, dun. What a crazy, amazing <laughs> score. Yeah, so yeah, industrial. Yeah. And um, I didn't realise quite so many times that they, they do different versions of the score throughout the movie. Like during the, the aforementioned sex scene, there's um, a piano version of it, isn't there? Yeah, um, there's also, yeah. yeah. I, 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 um, there's a couple of parts of the uh, score which is quite bad. There's a chase scene. Um, and the score now is actually really bad. It's just like because the synth choices sound seem really, really like. Dated. I really liked it. I loved those scenes. Really? I love that music. Yeah, I've written down. There's a couple of moments where oh. this really, really crappy electro synthy. Yeah, but I really liked it. It really felt put me in the eighties again. Okay, I well, it. well, fair enough, fair enough. It makes it makes you reminisce and you enjoy it, and cool. Um, so we start with the future. The future. We don't know it's the future. It's a nice, uh, nice font and titles at the beginning. Yeah, we get straight into it. There's no fucking around, is there? It's Absolutely like, no, uh, no fucking oh, around. Straight into it. Sets the dark. The, the scene of it's real terminate. sort of dark and grimy sort of area place, doesn't it? When it starts up, even we we get all the skulls on the floor, and then the tank treads crush the skulls. Yeah, um, yeah, and we, we're like, well, what is happening here? Like something bad. There's a lot of dead skulls here. It's a bit holocausty, isn't it? It's just a terrible, terrible lot of de- death. Um, then we cut to the present day. I don't believe we get any. Um, sort of uh, cards, like title cards or anything, do we? It's just literally, here's a dump truck, here's some lightning, here's Arnold Schwarzenegger naked. Yeah. There you go. Uh, he is huge, isn't he? Mm-hmm. My God, he is massive. Could you see his penis? I don't think... He, uh, no, I didn't. Not that, you silly man. Yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, he's, he is just ridiculously huge. No wonder they cast him as the Terminator. He is, I actually think, on a side note, he's actually very well cast in this film. Take the piss out of him if you want. Say he can't act, but he comes across as a robot, as it a machine. perfect for his earlier career without possibly so much filming experience. It's kind of like John Wick is for... Keanu Reeves. Um, Keanu Reeves' acting's okay, you know, but some stuff's a bit sketchy. But playing well, like a guy who just has not many lines and just shoots people, he comes across perfectly. And it's kind of the same for this. I um I put a note early, uh, later on in this, but I'm going to mention it now, which is if you've never seen this film before and no one told you anything about it, for about the first hour, maybe a bit less, you wouldn't have a fucking clue what was going on. No, it's not, not until Kyle later on explains to Sarah. Oh, by the way, I'm from the future. Oh, of course, so you don't even but know that. You imagine Schwarzenegger's a robot. Imagine the, the revelation at the time going to see this in the cinema and not knowing that and just thinking, "What? No!" Well, well, well when this came out, you're going to think of um, Grindhouse slasher movies, The Exterminator, or or other just movies which have to have a title The, and like this says The Terminator. The front cover's just like this butch guy because you don't know it's what even though it says Schwarzenegger, but 
you know, still quite early in his career. He's got a leather jacket on with his chest out and a giant gun in his and hand. And sunglasses with some digital writing on the glasses. It reminds me of the Cobra. It always reminds me of the Cobra front cover. It's very much similar. Uh, but you'd, you'd think this is just like a Grindhouse horror movie, surely, wouldn't hmm. you? Because there was a movie out um, around about the same time called The Exterminator. Yes, that's what you said, yeah. Oh, sorry, dude. I didn't hear you say that. Sorry, man. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it just, just, you wouldn't know. You'd go in and think, oh, what is this? I'm going to watch. And, well, like I said, until Kyle reveals it about the future stuff, you wouldn't have a clue, really. So jumping back to the film, Arnie's naked. He walks out and looks over the city of LA, and he's sort of looking out like, okay, I've got a mission to do here. And this is where he cut to our friend Bill, isn't it? Yep, the punks. Well, they look great Classic. as Classic. Well. That's what you need in an 80s movie. Just uh, at least two or three punks. Yeah. Just hanging around up to no good. Well, look at this. Nice night for a walk, huh? <laughs> hey, wash day tomorrow. <laughs> Did they make Terminator into a computer game? Uh, yeah, there's like um, Terminator, the shooting game. What, what, what for the early consoles, what was it on? Uh, I'm pretty sure the NES, the N- Nintendo Entertainment System, had Terminator. I had I had the Terminator on my Master System, um, and they had Terminator 2 with the gun, if you had the Sega Mega Drive, uh, or in the arcades, it was quite well known. Um, uh, and they also had a great game, which segues into our film later, called Robocop vs. Terminator, which was a great arcade machine where you could play Robocop, and you were just basically walking along. There was loads of uh, exoskeletons walking along, or endoskeletons, sorry. Um, you just taken out all these like skinless Terminators, and then at the end of each battle, Arnie would catch up with you. And you'd have to like take him on with different guns. Really good, really good video games, actually. Cool, cool. Yeah, yeah, there were there were some video games. Um, um, uh, yeah. So, uh, yes, uh, what happens next after we've well, we, seen we, well, So we notice that Arnie's not acting like a, a human, obviously, we, if we didn't know. He repeats everything this gang says to him. Do you think like, if you start watching, you'd be like, God, this guy's an awful actor. <laughs> well, you'd be like, why is he repeating everything they say? You know, wash day. Yeah. yeah he doesn't under your clothes. And then he just says, your clothes, give them to me. And then rips out that guy's heart. Jesus Christ, I forgot about that. That was so good. So, so good. They try and stab Arnie as well. And it doesn't really affect him. So straight away, there's something odd here. This guy's been stabbed and he's ripped out a guy's heart. Yeah. Um, he, tr- he pretty much trashes all the gang. As we say, Bill Paxton may get away with it. I'd like to think he does. Um, we get a similar scene with more lightning and another naked man um, covered in scars. I've not actually quite noticed before. He, he I... then strips a, a, a homeless man. <laughs> Bright light, huh? Then dressed as a, as a flasher. He stole my pants! He, he stole, stole my, my pants! That <laughs> <laughs> poor Trump. <laughs> just he just left, the there, left there with no pants and going, what the hell? <laughs> First I saw lightning, then he stole my pants! <laughs> Um, I and then stop Kyle, drinking his aftershave. Kyle sort of runs at a cop, doesn't he? And he sort of says, what day is it? What year? So straight away, you're like, oh, okay, this is weird. Why doesn't this guy know what's happening? Um, they chase him. Um, and having watched Terminator Genesis recently, which I quite liked, believe it or not. Is that the one, is that, the one that sexy Terminator? Are you thinking of Terminator 3, uh, I think? No, the lady? No, no. Yeah, Terminator Genesis is a very, very newest one. Um, and they kind of they redo this scene again in a, in a way. Um, so Kyle breaks into a, a shopping mall, Kyle Reese, um, and he steals some clothes. Gav, can we just take some time to speak about the Nikes that he's wearing? Oh, man, they are sweet! 
Dude, when he puts those on, because he's in a, a phone booth, isn't he? You see him sort of put his foot down and slide yeah, yeah, them. Yeah, I was just like, that's a nice Nike. I want to get those Nikes. They're like high tops, they're black with the white trim. Ah, oh, they look so good, yeah, man. Yeah, I did pick up on that. Yeah, I'm glad you yeah, noted I, it. Yeah. yeah, they're so, so good. So, so good. He also steals a shotgun from a cop when he comes back out of the mall, sticks it under his coat, and he heads on a mission somewhere. Um, he picks up a phone book from a telephone booth and he looks up a, a name. And this name is synonymous now in cinema, but he looks up the name Sarah Connor in the phone book. Sarah Connor. Yeah. And we cut then to uh, the Sarah Connor, Linda Hamilton, that we're going to be sticking with for this film, who looks incredibly different from her, her look in the second movie. As you mentioned right at the beginning, her hair, Gav, defies gravity. It is 80s. I love the fact, I've never noticed before that she works at a restaurant called Big Buns as well. (laughs) Big Big Buns restaurant. Um, So yeah, she's working at this restaurant. She seems like a pretty normal person. Um, She's having a shit day. I mean, her day's only about to get a shitter, but she's having a shit day to the point that a little kid, a little shit, puts ice cream in her apron, doesn't he? Oh yeah, it's amazing. It's a dollop. And you can hear in the background the guy going, I should give you the tip, kid. Yeah, I know. They're so mean to her, man. She's just trying to make her money. Um, Terminator, uh, he's sort of punching out car windows, so we keep cutting back to him. And then he goes into his shop. This is where Dick Miller's there. And he basically, it looks like this guy, Arnie, who we don't know at the time, you know, we don't know who he is or what he is. We just know he's very strong. He seems to be an absolute expert in firearms. And he's listing off all these guns and ammo that he wants to the point where he says the infamous Uzi 9mm um, and Dick Miller's like, yeah, here's this one, here's that one. Now, how easy was it in 1984 to just stroll into a shop and start picking up guns and playing with guns? Um, I imagine quite easily. I mean, I know uh, to some extent guns, it's a controversial subject which we won't go into too much, but guns in America particularly... But uh, is it that easy to walk in and just start picking them up and loading them and cocking the guns? And- I'd have thought so. It's a, it's a gun shop. You've got to go in and try them and see how they feel and stuff. I think it's the same as any other shop. It's just a gun shop. He says, um, the Dick Miller says, look, you're going to need a, you need to wait for some of the licenses on these. But Arnie doesn't wait. He just blows them away. Um, so that's all we see of him, poor, really. Poor old Dick. Poor old Dick Miller. He gets killed by a gremlin. Well, actually, he doesn't get killed by the gremlins in the end, does he? I think he kind of survives. He has to pick up, pick up Tom Hanks's, um, or, or, or <laughs> Bruce Dickinson, not Bruce Dickinson, Bruce Dern's uh, uh, trash in the burbs. <laughs> he helps him pour it out, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Um, no, 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 it's not him. Oh, no, it's the other guy. The other guy. He says, that, what are you right? doing? Yeah. It's the trash. It's the trash. <laughs> what I love about that—that's about that little bit. Sorry, we're talking about the burbs, but if anyone knows us, they know we love that. It's for the rest of the movie. The trash is just always in the road. Yeah. For the rest, of the movie, yeah. it's just always in the road. They never bother picking it up. I love that. Um, anyway, back to Terminator. We did talk so, about burbs in another episode. If you did, that was your birthday it. episode, wasn't it? A while ago. Yeah. Yeah. Kyle Reese, this other guy who came for the picture, he's also looking up Sarah Connor in the phone book as well. Uh, so he's doing the same thing. Um, uh, yeah, so he's searching. He's trying to find her. Uh, Arnie's sort of goes to a house. I love this bit with the toy truck on the on the road. Um, I don't know why. You see the toy and truck it gets crushed. The sort of juggernaut front. It's kind front of like cup, front carriage pump. Yeah, it's like a sign of what's to come in it. Because Arnie then knocks on that door. Sarah Connor. She's like, Sarah Connor. Uh, yes. And he just starts 
because of the slow motion. Away. The slow motion works so well with yeah, Arnie. It's, it's, like a, it, it's just such a dark film. It's like everything about it, like his clothing, this sort of dirty look, the clothes he's just stolen, his no emotions whatsoever, and just opens the door and just starts shooting. It's so much like a serial killer type movie or forget all the leather jackets he's famous for wearing as the Terminator. I love his, that grey one he wears to begin with you know that sort of greyish yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah the black collar I really like him in with that his leather gloves but it's like it's like one of those movies which are quite more there's a lot more of them in the 80s American movies where it was basically the aftermath of like someone coming back from the Vietnam War not being able to keep with it and going a bit crazy yeah like Martin Things like that. Yeah, I've never seen Martin. I've got oh, a VHS, very good. We should, maybe it. we maybe we could do that one day for a Romero episode. We could do because I've never seen it, so it'd be quite interesting to just yeah, go in it like that. Good, good movie. Um, Arnie said he he tried to play uh, the Terminator like it was. A, he was a shark, so he said he was always cruising, always always looking from left to right, scanning almost from left to right to right to left, and. That, I think that really works well with the slow motion because a lot of the scenes, particularly in the Tech Noir Club and a couple of other ones later, where it's all slowed down and he's just wandering around, slowly scanning, pulling guns out. It just works very, very well. He obviously put, say what you will again about Adi, he obviously put a lot of thought into this character. He did. He did a lot of massive um, amount of time spent at gun ranges and he learned how to cock a gun and dismantle guns and stuff with his eyes shut. So he could do it really like straightforward and really quickly, just be able to handle guns without too much uh, uh, looking around and thinking about it. So yeah, it's second nature. So he could be more like a robot. So yeah, fair yeah. play to him. He's really trying to go for it. He's the sort of man who, when he wants something, he actually does go for it. And does he knew it. he knew this was his break, I think, and he thought that fuck it, I'm going to take this by with both hands and I'm going to get involved. Well, the fact that James Cameron came after Piranha Two with this, he must have really impressed people for the producers to be able to go yeah let's give this guy some money to direct this movie which he's written as well indeed um so sarah connor shot and we then get a news report where they say hang on uh, sarah connor has just been killed and all sarah are sarah connor's friends are like <laughs> sarah that's weird someone with your name has been killed yeah yeah totally Imagine how freaky that would be to well, see. Well, just the whole concept of the fact that he's going around killing Sarah, and Sarah Connors, and it's uh, this is this is basically like a basis of a horror movie. Uh, uh, it's this- like um, it's like Sa- uh, Summer of Sam or something, isn't it? As well, because yeah, okay. they start they start calling him. It's a bit like Zodiac or something. They start calling him the phone book killer. Yeah, yeah, but, going through the frame but if you were Sarah Connor and like that's you and it's going down the line and they're all being killed and you know it's coming for you soon, that's quite a real, it's a really gnarly thing, isn't it? It's like you waiting, watching the clock, you know. Someone's coming for you. Um, we get a little bit of more insight into Kyle. Um, he has some terrible nightmares and dreams where he flashes back to this war that he was involved in in the future. Um, he's looking at like a tank, tank tread and it, it makes him drift off into some terrible, terrible scenes of uh, him trying to help people. And there's, he's got these hunter killers, which are like the hovering sort of ships that hunt for humans and take them out. Is, is this like when that. he's down in the basement but uh, living? Uh, I, th- I, th- I don't think that's now. That's later on. But later on, but that, but that is one of the flashbacks, though. So it's real. It's like if you had to eat rat, catch a rat, and eat your rat, it's probably not worth living, really, is no, it? Life's life's not good. You really. may just fucking go out there and try and kill a robot, and they just kill you and be cool. That's the end of that. Now we get introduced to Sarah's extended family at this point, which is uh, Ginger, her housemate, 
and her boyfriend Max and her lizard he rings up doesn't he, he rings up. <laughs> I think that oh, is I brilliant take off your jeans with my teeth and then when I've done that and and then Sarah what listens for ages and then goes hi it's Sarah who is this and he's like oh shit oh Sarah oh hi <laughs> Um, we also meet uh, her lizard Pugsley, which she uh, kisses, and the lizard goes. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so funny. She's got a lizard called Pugsley. Uh, he does a little jump scare later on. For um, so that, that sort of comes back later on. He does a little jump scare. I was hoping lizards could be called Chub Chub, but you don't watch The Simpsons, so that joke's not on you. Oh, here we go. It's been about time that Gav had a go at me for not watching The Simpsons, guys. Mm. Yeah. All right, and Gav, mm. thanks for that. Mm. Am, I, do, am I fat as well? Yeah, brilliant. Um, we also have a, a, an introduction briefly, but in a moment we'll get more into them. Into Lieutenant Traxler and Doctor, uh, sorry, Detective Vukovic, played by Lance Henriksen, and Paul Winfield plays Lieutenant Traxler, and they are a good couple of cops. Aren't yeah, they? They're, they're, they're classic eighties cops. They're drinking lots of coffee, cold coffee, which cigarettes. Smoking cigarettes galore. Smoking fags left, right, and centre. I love that bit where he's smoking a cigarette and he says to Lance Henriksen, "Give me a cigarette." And Lance Henriksen gives him a cigarette, and he goes to light it, realizes he's already got a lit one in his hand, and he sort of looks and goes, "Ah." Oh. Because they're stressed out because loads of Sarah Connors are being killed, and they, they're like, "Oh fuck!" If the media gets hold of this, oh jeez, it's going to be a goddamn circus out there. Yeah, a, you know, it's typical eighties cop dialogue. I absolutely love it. It's a really absolutely. nice role for Lance Henriksen, just a, like a little role in the background. He plays it really well. Really I really like action. him in this movie. Yeah. Okay, what's going on now? Uh, well, there you go. Sarah says, "I'm going out for a movie on my own. I've been stood up, um, and this is where." Um, Arnie breaks in to Sarah's house. So he breaks into the house. Just before he's built so, weirdly, I just want to point out, Ginger likes to have sex with her boyfriend, but with headphones on, so she can't hear anything other than music. Yeah. A bit weird, isn't it? Well, maybe Grunt's funny. I'm coming. Listen, I'm coming, you fool. He sounds um, like Schwarzenegger. <laughs> um... She after they bonk, she goes to the fridge and she picks up so much food from that fridge. They must have worked hard because they've got a lot of food coming. Meat, <laughs> they got like a, a, a leg of gammon. I don't know what's going on there. But um, anyway, Arnie breaks in and <laughs> Max, bless him, the boyfriend stands up. He says, "Don't make me bust you up, man." Don't make um, me bust you up, man. This and really then gets thrown for a wall. Yeah, well, it on. really reminds me of that fight that Freddie has with. Um, Freddy Krueger has with the boyfriend. Do you remember the the, the bit in uh, Nightmare on Elm Street where Not the boyfriend tries to fight Freddy Krueger and he ends up getting like thrown all over the ceiling and then like gutted or something? I can't, I can't remember what happens. It just kind of reminds me of that, really. But yeah, he tries to fight him. Arnie, Arnie absolutely smashes him. Gets thrown through um, a wall to the in front of his girlfriend. He killed. Does he kill Ginger as well? Um, it cuts, but I'm pretty sure he would do. Yeah, I think uh, he does. Oh. Oh, that's that's sad, isn't it? Yeah, he does because um, Sarah's upset later on when she finds out. Um, so Sarah, at this point, is being followed by Kyle, and she just assumes he's gonna, he's the killer who's killing Sarah Connor. So she's like, "Fuck, I'm being followed by this guy." Absolutely. So she, she pops into the tech noir club. What a Every great eighties movie like Friday Night. What's what you need? You need a disco scene. Everyone's dancing is incredible. 
um, obviously, you yeah. know, fair, fair play to everybody involved. Uh, the choreography is fantastic. Um, so she calls and she makes a mistake. Not that she knows it, but she makes a mistake of calling home. Ginger, Ginger, please pick up. Oh, um, this is such a good bit. Some guys following me. I'm at the Techmore Club and he just listens to it and thinks, brilliant. Oh, this is Jan's favorite one. I thought it was the next one when she rings up her mum. No, no, he good. does. That's he, later on. Yeah, yeah that is, yeah. Um, so he now knows where she is. He also finds an ID with her face on it. So he's, he's a machine. He's working. He gets to the club so quickly. Um, she calls the police as well from the club and um, she's in the club she's looking around she's worried Kyle's in there watching her she doesn't know that and Arnie enters the club yep and this is where things slow down Um, we get but this is the first time we see his sort of Terminator vision yes it is and this is where after obviously Reese has explained what's going on um, and uh Schwarzenegger's been or the Terminator's been shot by a shotgun multiple times and still gets up off in the nightclub we now definitely know he is a robot yeah. so so it's not as shocking going into his POV which is all like red with quite sketchy early 80s sort of graphics bits of text and things like that um it's cool and then he sort of chases them um, and quite often at this point now the cameras are low to the ground and points upwards. Did you notice that? Uh, no, I didn't. Um, out in the street, maybe I did a little bit. Yeah, most of the time to give, I guess, Schwarzenegger more of an appearance. Not that he needs it, but I guess it but make him more so bigger. He actually, that's a tradition he would uh, use quite a lot of his movies because Arnie isn't a very tall man. Um, ah, right. He, I mean, he's tall, don't get me wrong. He's a big guy, but, um, you know, he... Some of his co-stars over the years have been a lot bigger than him, so he always likes to be shot from a little bit lower so down. Probably to... like Tom Cruise probably does. <laughs> well, Tom Cruise just asked for a box straight up. So he's just like, hey, get a box over here, man. Get me a box. <laughs> was that your Tom Cruise impression? No, I don't know what that was. I think he's almost trying to do a Christopher Walken for no reason whatsoever. Get me a box. That's one guy I'd love to be able to do an impression of. Christopher Walken. Christopher Walken. No, for, I am. for years he hit this watch up his ass up his ass up his ass oh, see, I can't remember no walking stop it sorry uh, yeah so um, bit of a police chase car chase uh, Arnie chases them out of the club this is where Kyle drives Sarah away and he gives her the whole backstory my name's Kyle Reese your name's Sarah Connor you've been targeted for t- termination termination like that's that's imagine somebody saying to you you've been targeted for termination that's like you're a fucking cat that's pretty fucking full on isn't it um this is the bit you were talking about where arnie steals a police car and he he mimics the cop um oh yeah it's the first time we've seen it's so good uh, this quite famously that scene in terminator 2 where he does it with the with edward furlong's um foster parents isn't it as well yeah off he's all right your step parents are dead <laughs> he's got no no, room, no sort of sympathy at all. Um, but yeah back to our, uh, this one um, yeah so Kyle's like yeah he's not a man he's a machine he's a terminator and she's like do you mean like a robot um, and he's like no not like a robot um, and he sort of just says you know there were early versions they had plastic skin we spotted them really easily but these ones they grow skin in the lab oh, this is where you get the flashback to where they are because it, sh- it shows him having a dog and using dogs as uh, uh, the security guard it senses, out, senses out what's not a, hu- a human and what's a Terminator 
that sorry so you see him with the children and uh, eating the rats and all the horrible the way they have to live in the future kind of reminded me and i i'm sure the pachowskis probably did but um the scenes in the wet matrix movies and actually gav you haven't seen the second two matrix movies have you no so they take part in the actual future, most of them, or most of the second, third one anyway. And it's kind of like this kind of future, very dystopian, very uh, just nothing left, really. Just, you know, everything's destroyed. So it, I'm sure the Wachowskis probably took a little bit from Terminator's uh, future war scenes. Um, yeah, he's describing everything to her. He's sort of saying, you know, uh, this technology doesn't exist for you, but it, it, it will in about 40 years' time. Um, Weirdly, I've realised that this film, 2020, 2027, wasn't it? 2029, it's actually only 12 years away from now, isn't yeah, it? I didn't think that. <laughs> I love these movies where it's like, it is the year 1998, mankind. <laughs> and you're like, hang on a minute. <laughs> Nothing special happened in 90, but back in the 70s or something, they thought like the 90s were going to be these crazy times where we'd all be like on a hover boards like michael j fox and unfortunately, i love it it's like 1991 the world has been flooded no nothing happened it's just 1991 i know i know we just had shoulder pads and just had disco music nothing special went on nostradamus been like like <laughs> come come out like a few of his predictions have been like no no <laughs> i don't know robots will destroy the world in 1997 no no it's not nothing happened no. nothing happened 1972 <laughs> Um, I wonder if they did that back in the day, like in the 30s. They're like, oh my God, can you imagine when it gets to 1950? It is going to be crazy. It's going to be halfway to the year 2000. Don't talk about that. It's too crazy for the human mind to comprehend. Like when, Nin- when cars first came on the scene, they're like, I bet like in 1944, there's just gonna, the world's going to be completely finished. It'd just be one big car. <laughs> we everybody drive just be driving around in one car. We all have to go to the same place. Everybody. Yeah, but uh, imagine going back further in time when somebody went, guys, just realised Earth's not flat, it's a globe. What Fuck are you talking off. about? What? Why aren't I falling off it then, <laughs> you twat? <laughs> Guys, just realised there's more than just this country. What's a country? This is one of them. There are islands all over the global world. It yeah, been, it would have been fun. <laughs> Um, um, Begin back to Terminator. <laughs> yeah, so he explains to Sarah how the machines took over. They want to exterminate, exterminate humans, and then he gives this incredible speech about. Um, firstly, the, the very famous speech about he won't stop. He won't ever, you know, he won't ever stop until he kills you. That's all he does. He doesn't feel pain. He doesn't feel remorse. Um, and he also reveals to her that John Connor uh, is this incredible person in the future, and he's her son, and he's the leader of the resistance, and he, he's just going to be like this dude in the future and she, she's trying to deal with like what how do i how do i believe this even let alone accept it um arnie spots them this is a bit crap this bit where they're hiding in the car park they managed to evade everybody and then arnie just happens to spot them she, i thought this bit was a little bit of a sort of, it, 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 it passed me by i didn't take note of it to be honest um, but we get some great stunts now where they're sort of leaning out of cars and him and Sarah, Carl and Sarah switch places and they're blasting each other with shotguns. They end up crashing the car and they actually get arrested now. Um, so, In some ways, though, it's quite good, though. It's, um, it's that thing. You, uh, as an audience member, if, uh, the hero's imperiled or something like that and they get like some authority or some group of people who can kind of look after and you think oh safety i knew you were gonna say that i thought i watched that scene and i thought i bet you any money gav says 
this bit now, if you didn't know any better, you think, oh, thank God, I'm safe now. The but police. That's, but that's the bit that you feel ha- happy with. Like, oh, especially, put especially on, this bit, cup of tea. Especially the bit where he says, you're going to be safe, Sarah. You lie down here. There's 30 cops in this station. You're absolutely fine. Um, does it remind you of the bit in, um, uh, what's the French movie? Uh, the, the pregnant movie. Inside. Yeah, inside where they're the oh, cops. Oh, yeah, because there's a safety like, oh, blanket, thank God, isn't the it? Oh, the right. police are there. That's good. The thank police God. can't be killed by this. No, they're going to slice your stomach open. No, they're going to literally fuck it all. <laughs> it's just, oh. Yeah, that's what that's yeah, so, um, yeah. They get arrested. Um, they are speaking to Reese, Carl Reese, and they've got a psychologist. Um, and they're sort of like, this guy believes he's from the future. And they actually are fascinated with his story. Yeah, well, this is quite. This is really interesting. Talks about Skynet. So this is eighty four. So when did Cameron come up with this? Uh, probably a year or two before. I would say. I don't know how long. Because like, how long he probably was thinking. Nineteen eighty two, when um, some people in America were issued to start looking into making the internet. The internet actually came about as a basis in the sixties. Very, very primitive, like a form of communication. Um, but it got it's in the eighties, early eighties, I think it was eighty two when it started getting the go ahead to be developed into what we have now, basically. Yeah. Um, um so it's very early for him to be sort of saying Skynet, but then he was also sued by someone, an author, for taking the word Skynet apparently. Oh really? Yes. Oh, I didn't. I didn't realise that. I mean, actually, now you're talking about it, the word Skynet is and scarily word similar net, to the word internet. internet. Yeah, exactly. That oh, is very exactly. Is that, I was yeah, that's actually quite. Yeah. Um, so while we're at, while we're at the police station, Sarah finds out Ginger is dead. That's right. She's very upset, and yep. um, Reese is locked up. Yeah, he's locked up. Um, they're, they're videotaping him, and they're just fascinated. The psychologist is just like criminal psychologist, like. This guy's amazing. I to can the point, make money off him. But it's to the point where he screams at the camera, he's going to grab Zarkada, rip out her fucking heart. And they're like, uh, do you want to just pause that a sec? Because Sarah's in the room like listening to this. It's probably not very nice for her. <laughs> yeah. um, we, we cut back to Arnie, who's, who goes back to his little hotel, his grimy little terrible hotel. His arm, his arm is fucked. Yeah, uh, his eye is fucked. Arm, which is brilliant. Yeah, he uh, he digs the bullet out of his eye. Yeah, uh, the, arm's a lot, the arm scene now stands up a lot better than the eye scene now does. Yeah, you can tell it's a puppet, can't you? Oh, um, God, absolutely. No doubt about is, it. It is a shame, but... Um, where, the, it, where the arm comes across a lot better. Yeah, the arm definitely does. Like when he moves the hand, the yeah. fingers, and you see all the little pistons in the arm, that yeah. looks really, really good. Um, so this is the bit where they sort of say to Sarah, like, we're going for a lot. Don't worry, this couch is really comfy. Have a little lie down. There's 30 cops in this building. Well, unfortunately, they didn't know that Arnie was going to be popping in. So he comes in and yeah, says... Yeah, I was all comfortable, legs up, having a hobnob with my cup of tea, <laughs> thinking, oh, everything's going to be all right. I can relax now. And Arnie comes in and he says, I'm looking for Sarah Connor. I'm a relative. Well, oh, well I'm the, the beauty of this is a psychologist looks down at his pocket, picks something up, then turns down to see Swatchler comes in, he doesn't see him, and he walks back straight out. The psychologist got away from it and didn't get killed. Oh, that's true. I can't right? have oh, yeah, yeah. And he knows this whole story that this guy's coming for him. The next day, when he turns up for work and everybody's been slaughtered, <laughs> he's going to be like, was that guy real, for real? Because at one point he says, I could be very rich. He says something along the lines of, I could turn this into a series of novels from what this guy's done to me. What do you what think the- happened to him? <laughs> I reckon he did. He was on like Oprah Winfrey. <laughs> He's like on everything, and he got a big name for himself. Made a lot of money out of this. Um, so Arnie's like, you know, this is the infamous "I'll be back" here. So he sort of says, you know, I'm looking for Sarah Connor, and he's like, well, you can't see her. And he's like, I'll be back. 
And then next thing you know, he crashes the car and he literally walks through this police station. It's a bit of assault on Precinct 13 as well, isn't it? Very he bad. just takes them every single cop out. And unfortunately, we get Lance Henderson gets killed as well. Oh, and no. uh, Trexler, they all, every, everybody killed. All our heroes are dead. Um, so Kyle uh, manages to escape, join the chaos. Um, uh, Trexler look a bit short, as I say. Again, I really like the soundtrack here at this point. Um, it's a bit John Carpenter at the, this point. Funny enough, as I said, it's it's a bit. Is this uh, the car chasing? Um, yes, this is, no. This is when they escape and they move. They go to the storm drain. Okay. But while he's killing everybody, we see Arnie sort of looking around with his Terminator vision as well. I think it's very clever, this Terminator vision. It was used later on in Predator, Robocop, which we'll be talking about later on. So this sort of this is the first time you've ever sort of seen this. This robotic vision, you know, where you see like all these all this text on screen and yeah, this kind of stuff going on. I think it's really cool. Um, what, what's it's still being used in found footage movies now. It is indeed, yeah, yeah. Um, and in fact, I watched a movie the recently. I think I talked about it called Hardcore Henry. Um, yeah, which is just an entire point of view movie. It's which Roth, isn't it? Tim Roth and um, what's a South African guy called? Uh, Le- uh, I was going to say Lalo Schifrin then, but it's not Lalo Schifrin. <laughs> the, the composer, yeah, the composer Lalo Schifrin. Um, oh God, it's sh- why can't I remember his bloody name? That's annoying. Um, you know uh, that guy. Anyway, uh, but yeah, it's, it's good. It's good to see the POV. Um, I like it. Um, so Sarah and Carl are getting closer and closer, um, as in, you know, they, they're revealing more about each other to each oh, other. Okay. They have this moment in the storm drain. He reveals some more stuff about John. He reveals and himself. He does later on in the in the hotel. He says, she says to him, do I look like the mother of the future? And he tells her about more and more poverty and stuff like that in the future and all these terrible things in the trenches. Um, and they get a motel, don't they? Yeah, it's uh, 80s bonk time. Oh boy, here we go. Um, and we get the da, 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 but it's piano, it's all done very lovely. And apparently, as is revealed at the end, although they only knew each other briefly, they loved enough for a lifetime. So it sounds like it was a great night. Okay. Um, in Arnie's hotel, he is uh, over over on the other side of town. In Arnie's hotel, this he's is getting what's all his guns on. out. He's getting all his guns out from under the horrible mattress. That guy's like, "Hey, buddy, you got a dead cat in there or what?" Fuck you, asshole. Yeah, I love the way he picks. Like, which what response do I say to this guy? Um, I'll go for "fuck you, asshole." I think that'd be a good one. Fuck you, asshole. Fuck you, asshole. Um, Arnie gets a bike, obviously, because. The Terminator wouldn't be the Terminator if he wasn't riding a bike. Um, he starts to give chase to um, Carl and Sarah because he sort of found that. And they've it, what, the other thing we did mention is not only were they making a um, making a bonk, but they also made a bomb or several bombs, didn't they? While they were in their motel room. Yeah, yeah. So they've got these awesome little bombs that they've created. So Arnie's chasing them, and they're throwing like loads of bombs at him. Apparently, as they, as just before they hit, there'd be a whole white flash go across the screen for like a very slim frame of of the picture. And apparently, this became the editor's um, signature. Oh, really? To just do like that white, just like a psh, yeah. Okay. Um. And this is the bit where, you know, had I seen this as a younger kid, I would have talked about this in the playground the next day. So this is the bit where the truck blows up and Arnie's destroyed, you know. Oh, we didn't say about the uh, creepy Arnie voice doing the mum. Uh, what does he say? 
Well, he, he, it's just she rings up her mum to say where she is, and that's how he finds them again later on. Oh, that's right. They were right. in the hotel. That's right. And and you don't know what's going on, and it because before it was a it, when he was a police in the police car, he's just doing the voice of a policeman, which is a, a, a man. Um, so this time we can hear a woman talking. It's her mum, and Sarah Connor's chatting away to her mum, and we don't know that. And it cuts to her mum's response, and the, ca- the camera pans up from the phone, goes slowly up, and it reveals Schwarzenegger, but with this female voice coming out. For some reason, it just has a real disturbingness to it, you know? Okay, honey. Yep, love you too. I guess it's too. like Reagan and the Exorcist or something, like doing different voices which aren't the correct voices from that, that body. It's the same thing about that as a creepy thing. Yeah, it is, it is pretty creepy, actually. Very, very creepy. Um, truck, truck explodes, as I was saying, and this this bit here and it doesn't unfortunately the actually I'm not gonna I'm gonna stop there because not 50% of the effects do hold up 50% of the effects unfortunately don't hold up and this what, is where we see the explosion of the lorry now the skeleton uh, oh. walking out of the fire oh okay one of the producers wanted it to finish there before the skeleton came out so it exploded and that was the end of it and the Cameron fought for the uh, obviously the skeleton coming out the fire. I guess presumably, like you say, that's his dream. So yeah, that was exactly that was his, his vision, wasn't it? Quite literally, it was his dream and it was his vision. Quite literally, um, he wanted to see it a reality. It must be quite cool to have the backing to you know you have one of these crazy dreams one day and you're like, well, I'm going to turn this into an absolute uh, into a film, you know. Well, don't know, well, yes, absolutely, yes. But make any movies a bit of a miracle anyway, and you got the backing to do this from actually your own dream. And you forget about that after, I guess, after the concept after it goes through for a while, you forget that it came from a dream, probably. Um, but there's going to be many, many dreams which have been written into scripts. But yeah, you're right though. To actually get the backing to be actually be able to actually make your dream is quite bizarre. James Cameron has made his dream come true. Dreams can come true. <laughs> um, our listeners love it when we sing, don't they? They loved it when I we sing. Uh, who is it who said they loved it when we sing? Mass Crusaders, working over time, over time, fighting crime. Do a neutralize, neutralize. Out Track is gonna lead mission. Oh man, we should do a different 80s cartoon every episode. Sing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, what's going on? Laurie's exploded, skeleton comes out, you don't like the effects. Skeleton comes out. No, I love half of the practical effects. I love the practical effects so much. When you see him from the waist up or from the shoulders up, it looks incredible. He's so chromed out and he's sort of walking along. He's like, he's always limping a bit. But then when you see the stop motion, although it's so well done and I do appreciate, you know, that the effort and the... The, the talent that's gone into it, it unfortunately it's 2017 it doesn't hold up as well no. uh, you can tell we know it's practical effects but at the time I should imagine it was bloody great and and I still got a lot of love for for that sort of because I love Ray Harryhausen as you do so I've got a lot of love for, for that kind of thing um, anyway he's chasing them Kyle's really really hurt uh, well, this, we start to see glimpses of Terminator 2 Sarah here she's like on your feet soldier and things like this trying to get Kyle up and uh, yeah. he's like run Sarah run he puts the last bomb in the skeleton and, and blows it up and he's dead as well and then well, this, skele- this, this whole end bit is quite an intense tense in- <laughs> intense scene really isn't it there's a lot of tension going on 
this whole bit of the skeleton just chasing them and stuff. It, it, and even when Kyle's sacrificed himself and killed, blown up the skeleton, it's still crawling along with no legs, slowly along the floor. And she's crawling along as well because she's injured. And it's just this crawl, crawl along a conveyor uh, belt. What, when it's completely... Uh, it's only like the torso upwards. Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 just, the going, it's really horrific because she's trying to get away and she can't walk or whatever. And then yeah. I love the bit when she puts the gate down and then you've got that great scene where the hand is like almost touching her face. It's this robotic skeleton and clawing. Well, explain at- what happens. She starts to crawl into this sort of vent area this, and she just gets through and manages to pull, pull, pull down this big gate thing and the hand comes for her. Yeah. It's a side view and the hand's almost getting her. And you know if that hand guy just grabbed her throat, it'd just kill her, just squash her throat and she'd be that's killed. All it, that's, that's all, all it knows. Like Carl said, that's all it knows. That's all it's programmed to do. It's got no other purpose. And that's all well. it needs to do is just grab her throat and that'd be it. But, She's enough. But she manages to... Uh, but she says an incredible line here now she what just turns she says you're a terminated fucker you're terminated yeah she says you're a terminated fucker and she presses the button and crush boom end of end of and we end with her in an ambulance sort of you know they're helping her out making sure she's okay and then we cut to a little bit more in the future and she's showing now she's, she's pregnant um she's finding out she's you know i think john revealed earlier didn't he that um he knows why oh that's what he says I know why I was sent back I know why John chose me I've always loved you Sarah he gave me a photo of you blah 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 and we see her at this um, petrol filling station where she gets uh, she fills up and the kid takes a picture of her and that's obviously the picture that she'll give to John who gives to Kyle in the future yep and it all ties in perfectly and I got goosebumps actually at that bit and I forgot the really? bit even the bit where the kid says he said there's a storm coming and she's like I know <laughs> my last word is wow <laughs> I wrote the word wow after that did you like the film then oh man it's it's it holds it still holds up I, I uh, appreciate it's it I, I appreciate the hair like you appreciate the score I guess yeah I I, I I love it man I mean it's just the effects that aren't quite as um, that don't hold up as well but the writing um, the editing the score for the most part you know Arnie is incredible in this uh, there's just there's not really a whole lot wrong with it. As I said, it's it's very high up on my list. It's a, it's a nine out of ten on IMDb. So it's super high on my list. Thumbs up from you then. Oh, uh, I, I'd give this a Terminator two thumbs coming out of the sort of melting molten metal thumbs up. Okay, I give it a thumbs up. I appreciate the film. I think it really holds up still. And um, I yeah, it's it's just a good movie. It's a good one of the early eighties to mid eighties. Um. Very early, actually. Of, of, of Schwarzenegger as well. I think it's one of his films that holds up in the canon. I think he was really remembered for, even though he says 14 things. Um, I would say um, this is a, a film gods thing as well here, because this is like a groundbreaking film for Cameron, a groundbreaking film for Schwarzenegger, and just a groundbreaking film for science fiction slash horror. Oh, not and, so much horror. talk about the internet as like a, a thing. Yeah, there's a lot here. And, and time travel, I'm sure, you know, it wasn't a huge thing. It, it's been done, you know, but this was a real, almost, let's look at time travel like it was real. What would be achieved? What could we do? We would, Because people talk about, you know, I'd go back in time and I'd kill Hitler or I'd do this. And then actually the, the machines would go back in time and they would stop the humans from even being born. That would, would end them. You know, it's a very scary concept. It's a really crazy concept. But, um, I like this film, but I've got to admit, the next movie we're going to talk about, I actually liked better. 
And I agree. Before we get on to that and take a quick break, do you want to have a very, very quick chat about, if that's all right, just a couple of quick offshoots of this movie? Um, no, we you, won't go into you, great detail. Okay, go for it. You lead the way. But, but I just want to quickly mention that Terminator 2 actually, to me, is a better film. Um, I enjoy it, and I've probably seen it three, three times as many as this, to be honest with you. Um, the third movie, um, I've got some time for it. It's all right. It's not terrible. Um, I mean, it is terrible in parts, but it's not terrible in other parts. Terminator Salvation. How familiar are you with that, Gav, with Christian Bale? Uh, so I don't remember any of it. All I remember is that Christian Bale got really rowdy on set. <laughs> oh, good for you! That's what he screams at that poor guy who didn't, who was just trying to put a light bulb in or something. Yeah, that film was supposed to be the first sort of new trilogy, wasn't it? And it, it never really happened, unfortunately. Um, no. Because they kind of, I felt like it was an alright movie. It was that guy Sam Worthington was in it as well, who ended up working with Cameron in um, Avatar. Uh, then we did, um, then they had Terminator Salvation, which was the most recent one. Which actually, I quote, I put my Facebook status, so it must be real. As uh, this is the best Terminator film since Terminator Two. I I think I've seen it, but I don't remember. Have you ever watched um, the Sarah Connor Chronicles? No very enjoyable tv show um oh, really yeah i really I liked it it's got lena heady in it who went on to be in i think game of thrones she's in but she was also in the judge dread movie or dread as it's called um that's in good that's a good movie that's just all about sort of her and uh, and john but it's because it's um time travel the thing is you can muck around with the timelines and you can fuck about and you can do alternative parallel dimensions and all that kind of stuff so they can get away with um redoing this and redoing this and redoing this I suppose. Um, Arnie's not looking great anymore, so like, no offence to you, Arnie. If I ever meet him, God, he'll probably take me head off. But um, he's not looking like he did in the first couple of movies, really, so he can't really play that killer robot anymore. No. Who could play um, a Terminator now, Gav? Um, have you got someone in mind? I've got no one in mind. I'm just asking you, oh, straight I up. I don't know. Some big guy... I guess the closest I would say, you mentioned it earlier, but I agree. John Wick, he's kind of like that quiet machine. Keanu, Keanu Reeves? Yeah, the way he sort of is very quiet and like, like a walking around the building, taking people out without even thinking about it, loading, reloading. Yeah, it's true, true. Maybe, maybe is that controversial? I don't know. Let's let's uh, start lobbying for Keanu Reeves uh, remaking Terminator. But there we go. That, we that's the Terminator. Talk about Robocop. Yes, that's the Terminator. Everybody, 1984. Me and Gav give it a giant thumbs up. If you haven't seen it, you've probably been living under a rock in the future, 2020. So, from one robot trying to pretend to be a man, we're going to a man been made into a robot. We are. Should we take a break and come back and do it? Let's let's do this shit, man. Let's do this shit. We get the best of both worlds. The fastest reflexes modern technology has to offer onboard computer-assisted memory and a lifetime of on-the-street law enforcement programming. It is my great pleasure to present to you... Robocop. This guy is really good. He's not a guy, he's a machine. Old Detroit has a cancer. Cancer is crime. Let the woman go, you are under arrest. You, you better back up, pal! Your move, creep. What are your prime directives? You 
have the right to remain silent. You have the right to an attorney. What is this shit? Anything you say may be used against you. He's a cyborg, you idiot. You recorded every word you said. You're dead. We killed you. His memory is admissible as evidence. You're gonna have to kill it. Robocop, the future of law enforcement. And we're back, so it's time for our second review. Um, this this may be a long one, so bear with us on this one, guys. This is Robocop from 1987, so a few years later. So this one is 30 years old, FYI. So here's the synopsis. In a dystopic and crime-ridden Detroit, a terminally wounded cop returns to the force as a powerful cyborg haunted by submerged memories. What a crazy fucking movie if you just read that. This film is just ridiculous. The thing is, though, so many directors were like, no, 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 pass, pass. Robocop. Fuck all. It sounds terrible, doesn't it? It It sounds, sounds again, like a fucking grindhouse film. Um, My uncle, when I told him uh, about this movie... When I was when I'd seen I saw and I will get into this in a minute. I saw it very too young. I saw this film. When I told him about it, one of my 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 mum's youngest brother, the one that got me into comic books, I told him I'd seen this movie, and he said, "All oh, right, that, is that a super like a superhero film?" Because to him, RoboCop at the time just sounded like like a silly cartoon or a superhero or something. And I said, "Oh, you should check it out." And he rented it out, and he told me about it a few weeks later. And he said, "Have you seen this film?" I said, "Yeah." He was like, "I can't believe you've seen this." <laughs> Yeah, it's just we've, well we've talked about this many times when we've had discussions about horror before where like Robocop was to us as like a, a real gateway drug to me it's you Andy and, and I think John as well it's we not all a horror said. movie though but it's, it's, it's I guess it's sci-fi horror I suppose would you say there is a horror horror elements Element. to it there's just some nasty and shit goes it's on it's very grimy gory, and gory as fuck this film many many times when I'm watching this on this time because obviously we're going through it, looking at it with different eyes for the podcast I looked at Robocop and I uh, he really resembles in not his look but the way he is and his ethics and what he believes for and the fact that he's a man as Batman um, I suppose to some extent. I suppose with the, the way his chin looks and things like that. Yeah, no, definitely. No, it's not really the look. It's just the way he is. It's just like a man at night times in the streets trying to g- g- fight crime. Just a non-stop machine on the on the move, always stopping crime. And and they're both stupid names. Batman's a stupid name. So is Robocop. I'm Batman. I'm Robocop. <laughs> I'm Spider-Man. <laughs> Yeah, for some reason I've always thought Spider-Man's all right, though, but I was like, Batman. <laughs> Fucking Batman. Hi, I'm Batman. How are you? But one director that didn't uh, get dis- dis- disillusioned from the title Robocop was Paul Verhoeven. At first, though, did, did go, this is a load of shit, but for some reason got back to it and uh, went, yeah, I'll do it. And I think this movie stands up so fucking well even now. The acting is fucking superb, is I think the direction and the fact the director got real good performances out of him but the whole set this whole time that this movie's been been filmed the whole time it's in production everybody was starting to hate each other it was really really hot um 
Paul Weller, Peter Weller, Paul Weller. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, Paul, Paul Weller as Robocop. Oh my god, imagine that. Just stop playing the guitar. <laughs> you imagine Robocop playing guitar? I bet it's the school children. Lois, Lois, get me my guitar. <laughs> <laughs> I'm unable to tune my guitar. And the plectrum comes out of his left leg. <laughs> He sounds like doing some Jimi Hendrix. You're like, but you well have lost a load of weight in uh, 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 from uh, dripping with um, water. Of course, what am I trying to say here, Dan? He sweated, sweated lots. And uh, in the costume crew, so hot, and people just started hating each other on set, and it's it's renowned it, for this. Like, yes, it, it, it adds to it, man. You can tell it the tension. Really does the whole thing is oh, just like, and some yeah. of the scenes are so intense. Not even anything to do with robots or gore, just between the suits in the buildings, in the, 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 so the, that, that particular scene in the toilet, which we'll get to, and you know some uh, of these. There's just and just things like. Uh, um, Clarence uh, Bodica's um, perform uh, just uh, he uh, is Kurtwood, Kurtwood incredible Smith's in this film. He's such a horrible cunt. Uh, <laughs> I know you don't like it when I say that word, but he really comes across. He he deserves that title. I'm afraid he is just yes, really. Yes, oh just my give God. me my fucking phone call. Yeah, it's just the whole time he's just relentless. Even when it all's lost, he doesn't give a fuck. Like Robocop's coming at him, he's still giving it all to Robocop, and it's like, what no, are you doing? You just don't. When he care. when he swears, when he calls that um, Italian guy a horrible racist name, and then he shoves his fingers in his wine and sniffs it. Oh, you, but then that guy retaliates. Well, guns, that, guns, that, guns, 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 guns! That guy there—that's that, like a battle of who's the bigger man. And he retaliates—he yeah. reta- retaliates by drinking the wine straight away. Do you see that? Yeah, yeah. And I ne- thought that was very. You. I will neck this one. Yes, wine. I will drink it. And that's very, very subtle character characterization of both actors, and it's really good. Oh, so much to love about this film. It really Paul- is. Let's talk about Paul Verhoeven briefly, and then we'll go go to the cast, then we'll get into the movie. So Paul Verhoeven, we have talked about Total Recall, actually, on this episode as well, and he did did direct that as well. That's a really, really good Arnie movie, Um, one of my favourite Arnie movies. He also did um, Starship Troopers, which, similarly to Robocop, and again, we'll get into this in a minute. Very gory, and it's a real satire of what's happening. That what was happening at that time with American military things like that. And Robocop is a bit of a satire of what was happening with greed and the eighties and money and uh, you know and that kind of thing. Technology. He also directed Basic Instinct as well, didn't he? Which again is a film that people really rate uh, and talk about. I watched it about two months ago. It's fucking excellent. It stands up really well. Very good movie. I I really enjoy it. And and in fact, I would I probably would count that as almost a bit of a horror movie. Oh, um, absolutely! It's like a serial killer almost. Yeah, no, it's, she, it's she's so it's she's a great in that. There's quite a few of them, wasn't it? Like Pacific yeah, Heights and Fatal Attraction. Who, uh, uh, rocks the baby, uh, rocks the cradle, whatever it was. <laughs> rocks the baby, rocks the baby. Um, um, he also did Showgirls uh, <laughs> and Hollow Man, which is actually a horror movie, and I actually really enjoyed the first Hollow Man's Man. Okay, yeah. yeah, not the second one with Christian Slater. <laughs> Never seen it. Oh, bless him. They're like, um, uh, Kevin can't do this one Christian he's like oh, I need some money so yeah why not <laughs> oh bless him but yeah Paul Verhoeven like quite a uh, what's the word I'm looking for he just doesn't he just got balls hasn't he really as a director the movies he's made he just thought I'm going to show Sharon Stone's vagina fuck it that and uh, the, the basic Ingsing, the first copy I had I actually got on Blu-ray came with my Playstation 3 when I got it and um, that's the first thing I think I did well I watched the movie <laughs> when it got to when it got when it got to it oh, I'm going to pause this 
Because <laughs> I bought it on VHS and, you know... VHS. Apparently, uh, scientists have uh, worked out that the whole reason DVD and Blu-ray were invented was for that particular scene. Uh, it's just because uh, VHS tapes were getting worn out by pausing and pausing and pausing, so they were like, we need another format. And where... that's what I got with my PlayStation 3. <laughs> it's one of the first Blu-rays I ever saw. Congratulations, you bought a PlayStation 3. Here is Trans- a vagina. Beaver. Yay! What a, what a movie, though. I, watched, I, I really enjoyed it. I recommend, if you've never seen the film, so find out, find out. Apart from uh, Michael Douglas's jumper in the disco scene again. Here we go, guys. This is a first. This is a live Dan adding to the list of episodes. I have just come up with another episode, which is going to be Basic Instinct and Fatal Attraction. Oh, because I was thinking I need to watch Fatal Attraction again. All the members right. of uh, they are on the list. Bunny Boiler scene, isn't it? There you go, guys. That's where the we word Bunny Boiler comes from. It is, and we will get to those. Oh, we can talk um, about thrillers. Mm. We can have a bit of a Michael Douglas chat. Oh, it's going to be good. It will be good. Um, there's a Twin Peaks connection for this film. You've got Ray Wise oh. in it. How good is Ray Wise in this? <laughs> He's brilliant. He, what's his character called? Oh, shit. His character is called Leon. Leon. Leon Nash. Uh, and then you've got um, uh, Bob Miguel Morton, who's Farrah, played by Miguel Ferrer. Who, who passed, passed away me. recently. I was, peace, very, I was really happy I've, and quite sad at the same time I've when been, I forgot he was in this. Well, I've been binging loads of Twin Peaks today, uh, so I've seen him quite a few times today, and it's just like, wow, he's been in my life quite a lot this week, you know. Um, Nancy Allen's in it as well, who I watched very recently in uh, Poltergeist 3, uh, which is on Netflix now, if anybody wants to watch that. Two and three. Not number one, though, because Netflix never gives you the original film. They always give you the weird sequels. They always just give you the remake. They Unless don't. you want to watch um, Look Who's Talking 1, 2, and 3. They're all on Netflix. I saw they are on there, and I'm going to introduce the kids to them. They are good. Um, yeah, Nancy Allen's in it as well. Uh, and, but let me talk for a brief moment about Peter Weller. Yep. He is absolutely phenomenal in this. Even as his human self at the beginning... But more so, in that suit, the way he moves, he must have worked so hard with mimes. I'm sure I've read about this, but so uh, correct me. I do apologize if I'm wrong, everybody. But I'm sure he worked with mimes and, and dancers to get those movements are so great. Um, and like you said, Gav, as well, the, the actual pain, the torture he went through to, to, to get this pull out, pull off this like this suit and everything, you know, it's, it's absolutely incredible. I see he's brilliant in this. And considering for most of the movie, you can only see his lips and his chin, the emotion that he manages to get out with some of those scenes is ridiculous. Was when he's in the chair and he's having a nightmare and the bits oh, he's thinking yeah. about his children and his son, you know. Well, did you know what happened with um, the, the uh, basically uh, effects? Um, who's it? It's Rob Botin, wasn't it? Rob got started getting. Uh, oh, we've got to mention actually. Rob Botin is the effects. Yeah, uh, he started uh, getting really pissed off with um, uh, uh, Paul Verhoeven. They started having disagreements to the point when the suit was supposed to turn up on set. It was like three days late or something. When it did turn up, it was way too heavy for all the practicing that uh, Peter Weller had been doing with the uh, to be like a robot as soon as you put the suit on it's like I can't use this so they had to have a quickly stop production for three more days putting more money on it more pressure on oh really thing. yeah yeah for him to quickly go okay what can I do in this suit and then they practiced with it wow what that what a great uh, dedicated actor yeah Peter Weller's not somebody that comes up a lot um I've personally probably unfortunately only seen him in, a, in sort of a handful of movies maybe five movies um but uh, I don't know I, I think he could do uh, 
This was a great movie. He was perfect for this, really. I to- did I tell you about the Christopher Lord story with him? I, sw- I feel like I've told it on here. No, I don't think so. Um, but, but do go. Um... Uh, Peter Weller is also I think he's very he's into something I don't know what it is he's into something like he, he has to get like go get a scholarship or whatever it is and he went I think he went to Venice so I'm not saying this story completely I'm paraphrasing I'm just you know he went he was in Venice I think trying to get into like a college or something like a, so he could get some prestigious a thing I don't know title <laughs> about I don't know what it was antiques or what it was or something or um, you, yeah, have a look. And um, he said he, he didn't want to tell the guy that he was actually an actor because um, okay. he didn't. He, he thought that's going to be like not that good. So he's in the restaurant t- talking to this professor. He's trying to say to him, "Look, please, I'd like to be enrolled." And he's explaining to him why. And um, um, Christopher Lloyd walks by and he hasn't seen him for years. As in Doc Brown, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He walks by the window and goes, "Wella, Wella," and just runs into the restaurant. And it goes, oh my god, do you know who this guy is? It's Robocop! <laughs> <laughs> Great Scott! <laughs> and, and he was just like, oh my god, I've, I'm never going to get into this school or this college or whatever it was. I'm never going to get in there now because he's just done that. And he's like, oh, great to see us. I'll speak to you soon. And just walks back out the restaurant. Aww. But he got he got into the school and stuff because he went, was that... Was that Christopher Lloyd? No, the guy was like, uh, yeah, it was. He goes, oh, wow. He's like, oh, Back to the Future and all this. And very funny story. Oh, man. Anyway. Uh, genius. Yes. Um, Peter Weller, incredible in this film. Can't give him enough credit for this movie, really. And um, I'm not going to lie, I he drew, and I was a bit drunk by the time I got right into this movie because I double-billed these two films, Terminator and this, but um, this film... Uh, uh, I don't know, it's because I was watching it as through the eye of a reviewer this time, but it really drew a couple of tears out of me. And uh, <laughs> Really? My God, oh, I just, I'll get into my thoughts on it later. But again, this is another yeah. film on IMDb that I give a 9 to. If I could give it a 9.5, I would, um, because I do think this is better than Terminator, but I don't want to give it a full 10. But I, I would give the uh, director's cut. Yeah, I've, I've got the DVD with... You've got the option to watch either or, but uh, my director's cut has... When you when it flips to the un- the extra scenes, it goes a bit rough. Do you know oh, what I mean? Yeah, there was a couple of this, but I didn't bother it. Yeah. I, didn't mind, I didn't mind it at all because the movie itself is kind of a rough around the edges sort of good I, I, film. I just prefer the original. Um, I do like to you know, have that option, and I've watched it a few times, but I do prefer the original. Um, somebody asked me, actually, one of our listeners asked today which version it was I was watching, um, but it, yeah, it was definitely the, um, the, the the standard version, as they say. I'm trying to think who it was that said that, actually. Bear with me a second. Uh, straight in over this film, we have a big metallic font, don't we? It's just this Robocop. Um, it's great. It, it was sorry. It was Rob Doyle. Sorry, hi Rob. Thanks, Rob. Uh, yeah, it, I did say to him, I do have the uncut version, but I chose to watch the theatrical version for this one. No, no, but yes, sorry. Um, yeah, we go straight into all that. Then we are. <clears throat> this is a great way of doing info dumps. Is TV adverts? It's like newsreels and stuff. And this is again a mixture between this. adverts and newsreels gives you like the, the setting perfectly. And again, he does this with Starship Troopers later on, doesn't he? I've only seen the movie once and I can't remember so you have it to does, yeah all the way through there's, there's adverts where they're like advertising join the military right now fight for your country against the bugs because the bugs are evil and then it will cut back to another scene um, very very funny very satirical um, very similar to okay. this okay 
Um, and so we get to see the world, what is going on at the moment, and the, and the crime rate, how bad it is. Um, what's going on? I just want to very quickly mention two things. Firstly, the score. Love the Robocop theme. Oh, yeah, that so was very good. Yeah, was. And I love seeing the Orion logo. Um, it meant you were in for a good film back oh, in the yeah, day. As soon as it came out, I was like, oh. As soon as you see that, you know, this is a good film, man. Yeah, when yeah. I, as a kid, yeah. it's weird as a kid, I used to see that, and I used to see the TriStar logo, you know, the Pegasus horse with the wings. And I, as soon as I saw him, I, I always knew, ah, oh, this is going to be a good one. I don't know why. As a kid, I just assumed it was going to be a good film. No, no, you're in good hands. You are, <laughs> it's quite cool. Um, even, even Canon, to some extent, I think. Oh, absolutely. It's just it's recognisable, isn't it? It gives you <laughs> something. Thought, you're like, Yay, oh. Um, yeah, totally. And and this um, this film, after we've been set in the world we're in through the info dump of uh, TV uh, adverts and newsreel with some presenters talking about what's going on, we're straight away at this real hard, hard-ass police station where, like, shit's going on the whole time. It's a real busy place. And um, straight away, we've got Peter Weller on his first day of work. He oh does God, one did, day of I work. Never, I never knew it was his first day. First until this day. Episode, like, until we re- reviewed this... I, I, what a poor guy. I know, first day, he gets a partner, loses his partner and gets killed in the first day. That's not a spoiler, because we're going to spoil it. If you haven't seen this already, you stop this and go listen to it now. And he's straight in there saying, hi, uh, yeah, I'm a new new guy. I've just come from there. So I'm saying they're like, oh, okay. Uh, Murphy gets, transferring in. Yeah, he kind of gets a little bit dissed for uh, the fact that it's like where he's come from is nothing yeah. to what he's about to go for. Um, they go into the locker room. This is how, like, shitty that their precinct is. Like, they're like, yeah, so-and-so's just been shot, Fredericton or whatever his name is. And then two minutes later, they walk in and they just take his name off the locker and they just go, the funeral's at 11 p.m. or whatever it is. And he just walks out the room again. <laughs> it's like, fucking hell. Like, they, they're losing cops left, right, and center in this place. It's really bad. It's all set in Detroit, isn't it? Detroit. D- Detroit. Which, yeah, which is got a reputation it's got it's like eight mile and it's, it's got a reputation but i don't think it's quite as bad portrayed in this film um do you think our american accents are awful i bet i think they're probably awful they're probably awful we know by the way one other thing we found out on on, on the news reels is the clarence bodica who we've mentioned uh is responsible for the death of 31 cops he's a wanted man um but we find out later on obviously he's got links with ocp we're also introduced to ocp which is on the core products uh, sorry season of the free connection here season of the freeze <laughs> halloween free season of the witch season of the three season of the three. Um, that sounds all right so what's the season of the witch connection uh dan O'Hearley's the uh, guy who runs the mask factory uh, and right. he's the head of OCP. He is. Um, an OCP, which is Omni Consumer Products, are this huge corporate giant who create like Amazon. robotics and, yeah, they're Amazon, essentially. They, they've started taking over to, to the point that they're starting to take over the police force now. Um, That's crazy. That's a crazy world, isn't but, it? But you can imagine yeah, that happening. Not far off. It's I know. Absolutely not far off. What year is this set in? Um, I don't actually know what year this is. Uh, let's see if it says. I don't think there is supposed to be any. It doesn't really give you a year, which is great. Uh, That's cool though. It works though, doesn't it? It just says, yeah, it just says a futuristic Detroit in all the sort of things. It doesn't wasn't tell Det- you. Wasn't Detroit in the 80s quite uh, pretty run down? Yeah, yeah, it was. And, and again, like, more- Eminem's from Detroit and he talks about that a lot of his songs, how oh, it's okay. a little bit like not great. But um, yeah, yeah, we don't actually know 100% where it is. But, um, so we introduced OCP. 
yeah, OCP, the headquarters. I've put here, it's a bit like Wall Street. Uh, everybody's cutthroat, you know, they're ruthless. They all, they're all just trying to stand on each other to get to the highest, at the highest point. So they're in a we get, meeting, aren't they? Miguel Ferrer. Oh, he is great, isn't he, Miguel Ferrer? I mean, what, what, a, what a great actor, and rest in peace. He was so fantastic, and he played, could play a, a horrible git so well. Oh, God, he's great in this. Yeah. We've got this meeting where, um, they they're like oh we've got a new product it's called uh enforcement droid 209 and this is this is a second in command for ocp says we've been working on this on this new new machine uh policeman which can basically his name's dick jones isn't it dick Dick jones Jones, and this can be on the streets soon and it can be you know police in the street so we it can be sold to the army and the thing is though he's trying his best to do what's best for the people he doesn't, you know, he's not trying to be a bit of an arsehole. And what's funny is you've got Miguel Ferrer, who's Bob Morton, who works for the other side, is a bit more of an arsehole. Well, he works for the same side, he's just another division. He is an arsehole, but what he's doing is actually makes the proper Robocop, which is the good one. Isn't, I... that, isn't that funny where you don't really have who you should be voting for? Really, what it comes down to is you should be voting for Robocop regardless of where he came from. But isn't that interesting? That both it of is. Yeah. And I also feel like Bob Morton, the character, would also be very, very good friends with, um, uh, what's his name in Aliens? Um, oh, what is Bill his name? No, 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 no. The uh, the guy that trapped Ripley in the... Uh, oh, yeah, the, yeah, 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 yeah. Do you know what I mean? The guy from My Free Dad. Yeah, yeah, that guy. Uh, Paul, somebody over there. Yeah, yeah. I feel like they would be very good friends, but they'd probably end up just stabbing each other in the back and both dying as probably. well. So Ed 209 comes in and they're like, oh, uh, excuse me, can you, uh, do you reckon you could be a little sampler for us? Just, uh, just, just put the gun to a threatening effect. Oh, my God. This <clears> scene. <throat> so this scene is the scene. We, we, um, apologies for guys who listened to that episode, probably about 20 episodes ago now, but this is the scene that affected me as a child. I watched this film when I was 10. I shouldn't have watched it with my well, best friend, Martin B. Shouldn't it have watched really, it, it really, really shoots this guy. And you, in the uncut version, it really oh, shoots it, him more. It, it's hard to watch the it's uncut about, version. It it's goes about on 60, 60 bullets or so. It's, it's disgusting to watch, to be honest with you, in the uncut version. But um, yeah, this effectively the, the Robo, the Ed Two and goes wrong. It doesn't stop, and it just blows this guy away to the to the point he's literally just a puddle, pretty much. And uh, the worst bit for me is when you hear one of his colleagues say, "Get a goddamn paramedic!" It's like, dude, he he's is dead. a puddle. He's out of there. So this is where um, <clears throat> Dick Jones fucks up with his creations. So Bob Morton steps in and says, "Right in two <clears throat> in twenty minutes, I want you to give me a uh, get uh, um, a presentation a presentation of what what you have and how fast can we get these on the street? Brilliant, because that's going to save some problems." And um, it becomes a little bit of rivalry, which is a, like another little sub-story, little sub-story thing going on, which is quite, quite good. I quite enjoyed this bit as well, actually. After Ed 209 kills those people, though, they're so cutthroat and ruthless that they're just like, oh, it's probably just a glitch. It's fine. It's all right. It's like, dude, you've just lost an employee. Like, he's all over the wall. We're back now with um, Peter Weller being told about the streets in his first uh, day of on the police force of what he's going on and he gets a partner doesn't he he does a little bit of one of his trademarks he's got a couple of trademarks hasn't he one of them is spinning the gun which we find out a bit more about later on yeah Um, yeah he gets a partner called Lewis who we met briefly earlier when the cop the the, the boss is like Lewis come here when you're finished fucking around with your suspect 
and she's like kicking everybody's ass because she's such a badass cool female cop um so yeah they become um partners and there's an they instantly hit it off really he's he's not phased she's not phased no that's fine they genuinely just seem like there's actually some good chemistry between them and she Um, she witnesses him while he's getting a hot dog or something like that she witnesses him spin his gun around and he expects my daughter likes my daughter likes me my son my son yeah my my son son likes me to do it so you know it's like being a cowboy if he's like have you ever seen that show tj laser and she's like yeah but you like it too and he's like yeah i suppose i do and they keep showing that flashback like hey dad can you do that hey dad can you do that and he's like he trains it for his for son. His other trademark is when he drives the car, he always bounces the bottom of the car off the ramp and sparks fly out. And these are the things that transfer over to when he becomes Robocop later on. He's retained yeah, no, some no, of that, his personality. No, that, no, that's just the garage. It's, it's the angle. It's at every, each car I know, it's his. No other car does it. It's yeah, always another him. car does it. Oh, really? I've yeah, any, I don't remember him down. doing it. No, another car came down and it, the same thing happened. Okay, that's ruined it for me. Yeah, it's just, it's just you can't do that with a car. It's just the way the angle is. So his first job, here we go. Right, is your first first mission, first bust. Out they go, and they're after Clarence Bodico with his gang. And they're getting away on the freeway in like a, a getaway ice cream type truck sort of thing. Filled with money. And, um, you burnt, in his first line, you burnt the fucking money! It's the first line. Bobby, isn't it? <laughs> and he's like, well, can, you fly, using, Bobby? can you fly, Bobby? Oh, it's so horrible. So Clarence and his gang are shooting at... Um, uh, uh, Murphy and Lewis but actually they're really great at like evading them. they keep turning up on different sides of the van and eventually they just throw Bobby out of the van at them um, and that kind of stops them really but they, they track them and they follow them all the way to the sort of the foundry uh, the metal foundry um, and this is where it's it really is going to go down and again this scene coming up is very very hard to watch so they, they split up because that's what cops do I love the bit which I'd never really realised before, where they split up. You just hear Murphy's. He's off. He's not even on scene anymore. You just hear him say, "Stay in touch." Oh, I didn't know that bit. Yeah, you hear him say to her, "Stay in touch." Oh no, it's just I think like, I did actually. I think I did. Uh, well, she, they go wandering off into this uh, big, you know, factory warehouse type thing, industrial mm-hmm. park thing. Mind if I zip this up? She, uh, yeah, she, she <laughs> catches this guy taking a wee and he just leaves his cock out. And she and her, she and him have a good, the bad, and the ugly eye stare until she looks down at his cock and he knocks her out. He knew what he was doing. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's just waiting, 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 waiting. She looks at his cock. Also, in the background, we get the someone's watching TV and we get that famous line I'll buy that for a dollar. I'll buy that for a dollar. <laughs> Which pops through, really. Um, you know, and just sort of another little tiny little bit of commentary in the background on Murphy capitalism, gets things like that. Outnumbered on his first day on the job, he gets oh. outnumbered by all these gun guys with guns. And this whole bit here was like, hey, this, but this isn't right. Like, policemen don't get shot. When I first watched this, and I was probably about, I don't know, what year is this? 87 I mean I was 10 Gav I, I was 10 but I wouldn't have it wouldn't have been out on video for another two years so it's probably, I was probably oh no I didn't I didn't see it in 87 I was 10 when I saw it oh uh, right no I, I, 88 I, I would have seen this I think I saw well I think I saw it so I was about 12 and it's just like at this point here it's just like but what's going on I hadn't seen Psycho at that point you know it's just like but what's going on obviously he's the main guy and he's a policeman but he, and all of a sudden he just gets his arm hand blown this is why it upset me so much because I assumed he'd be alright yeah it didn't make any sense they blow his hand off and then they say things like 
does it hurt? Oh, and they're all crying. Give him a hand. Um, and they just, sh- and then there's that bit where he stands up, and they just bl- shoot him so I many think, times. Again, the director's cut was really full on. It oh my god! Then he's still alive, and then and then, then they just shoot him in the head. Enough, she, enough games. Yeah. Oh my god! It's just too much, man. And again, as and a ten-year-old kid, and I was the, and just the fact that they're so happy about it, and the acting's so good. It's just like, like, wow, this is really. And again, this is, his first day on the, this is his first day on the job. First day on the job. And, and just before the scene, he'd done the like very classic. He'd obviously watched this TJ Laser show. Dead or alive, you're coming with me. Which he, again, he says later on as Robocop. But like, he obviously thought, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna do all right here. Yeah, no. and I think he probably thought like maybe he's gonna go get some dogs down from trees or something, or cats from trees <laughs> or something. Dogs in trees. I don't know why a dog would be in a tree. It's funny. It's a weird dog. What the fuck is my dog doing up a tree? Um, then we get this great shot now, where they and again, Paul Verhoeven, not really real again, through through a reviewer's eye. These close-ups of Murphy's face while they're trying to resuscitate him. Um, some of it's POV, most of it's just his dead, lifeless eyes. Yeah. Um, you know, they're trying everything they can. And you hear them count, calling out different things, shock him, inject him, do this, do that, and it's just so matter of fact. And then they're like, Look, "We'll try this, and then we'll just call it." And they just can't, they can't bring him back. He's he's gone. That's the end of it. Um, and he dies, and he flatlines. And then we cut to black, and then we cut to this static. They're remaking flatliners. I know that's really shit, isn't it? I'll wait and see. It's just enough, enough for remake, isn't it? So it's, it's cut to what? Sorry. So we we cut to black, and then we get some static, uh, and then we see sort of like, uh, yeah, we managed to save the arm, and Miguel Fair is like. I didn't want the arm saved. I told you, and they're like, "Well, get rid of the save, arm. lose the arm." <laughs> and this point here is really. This is like this is straight away. Like we're in the second act now. First act, that's not done. Straight away, we open up with this like these POV shots of everyone just looking at the camera, and they're breaking the fourth wall by looking at us, and they're just then it's all cutting and the editing's all dodging. It's like what's going on? And everything's a bit blurred at times. Everything's a bit muted. It's a bit confusing. And then we sort of think, oh. And they're like bringing the LED grid and they like put screwdrivers in his head and they do this, they do that. And then they have, this, have a party because it's New Year. And then Miguel Ferris like, you are going to be a bad motherfucker. And, and you're just like, what is this guy? You know, what's happening to him? We're just looking at all these people around him. He's got plastic sheet over him at one point. Um, this is very Frankenstein. As you know, I'm a big, big Frankenstein fan. So to me, the, part of the reason I absolutely love this movie is it's got a few Frankenstein elements in it as well. I just love this bit where they sort of reveal him, uh, you know, and they pull off this, the, the plastic sheet. And he, he stands up and he says, come on, guy, this is for you. This is all for you. And everyone's sort of clapping. This is when the movie becomes so fun, doesn't it? When you, you're, you're like now, you're like, he's going to go after baddies now and kick kick ass and we know he's super strong so at this point here we know later on he, obviously he's going to get shot up and stuff but we're like at this point here, it's like he's fresh he's new he's hardcore no one's seen him before it's so exciting you just rhymed that he's fresh he's new he's hardcore no one's seen him before I see yep they call Why, me the Robocop rapper <laughs> Robo, Robo rap Robo now, rapper what I really like about this scene where he stands up and walks away is the director keeps keeps him hidden from our view for quite a while if you look though very carefully there's a monitor and as he walks past it you very quickly see Robocop walk past the monitor but we're just still POV yeah and you see that and then it's that bit that you posted up on Facebook where just walks into the station 
all you hear is that those footsteps are incredible and everyone's like what what is that what is going on and this is where um ocp are really sort of interfering with the police they're like nah look this is nothing to do with you even though we've got a robotic cop joining your police force it isn't anything to do with you so don't worry about it is there a porn movie called robocock it's 100 percent gotta be hasn't there come on it has to be doesn't there if there isn't one we're making it who's gonna be robocock well you obviously Oh, I suppose, okay. Direct the cameo. Be, I'll be the Sperminator. Sperminator <laughs> of Robocock. <laughs> Double bill. Oh, dear. I'll go up your back. Uh, I'll go up the back. Dead or alive, you're coming with me. <laughs> oh, dead or alive, that's weird. Uh, anyway, let's, let's move away from that. <laughs> I, feel a bit, I feel a bit dirty and grubby now. Um... Where were we? Yes, so he me. he walks through and he goes into the gun range. Uh, well, actually, before the gun range, they sort of sit him in the chair and they make sure his vision's all set up and everything. Yeah, and, but, he's uh, and what does he eat? Baby food. I always <laughs> thought of getting some baby food for this podcast. I could just munch on some baby food. Before it tastes like baby food. Do you want some? Uh, no, thanks. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, knock, knock, like, knock yourself uh, out. Yeah, knock yourself out. Yeah, that's right. That other guy's like, mm, this is yummy. <laughs> Weirdo. Um, oh, and there's a big old info dump as well, just quickly before he is at the police station when they're setting him up. And it explains like the prime directories of what he, right. he feels got- like Robocop is like. Because it comes into play later on that you can't shoot an officer or anyone, a member of OCP. Yeah, he's got three He's got three prime directives and a secret fourth prime directive. That's right. So he's got... Um, serve the public trust protect the innocent uphold the law and a couple of times it's mentioned your fourth one but she doesn't find out until the end what his fourth directive is which is unable to arrest or injure or hurt or kill anyone who is um you know very a certain level in ocp um so it's like a special thing that's been written in which is very clever and he doesn't find out himself Uh, it's all about that uh, that journey of him finding that bit out about himself so we get this great iconic look i mean again it's not often that uh, a hero or a, a comic book character comes along and, and not even a comic book a movie character comes along and has an iconic look and anybody will tell you if you show them a picture of Robocop they'll know him it's just an he's incredible very much a look he's a superhero isn't he he's a superhero 100% there's no question here yeah. I mean they turned this into a cartoon for kids uh, they turned this into a TV show yeah but they did with everything I like even though movies were 80 toys like like Rambo was like a t- yeah they did it with Alien Terminator they all turned turned everything into toys it was all about toys in the 80s so yeah kids absolutely loved Robocop they probably didn't see him didn't see the movie but um and he's at, he's at the shooting range and he, he does the gun swell and so this is where his old partner officer Anne Lewis yeah. notices and goes hmm so she's straight away thinking was that my partner also love the fact that the gun is in his leg it is it's, isn't it's that fucking cool that's so cool man so so cool um so he goes out on his first night out on the town as a, as a robocop and he literally goes for it so he first of all we get him come to the liquor store uh where the guy's like open the safe open the safe and robocop walks in through the door and he says uh i can't remember what he says now but the guy turns around and is like fuck me fuck me fuck me and when i saw this on tv when i was uh, it was probably the first the second time i've seen it after this the the sky one so when i saw this watched this with my dad a few years later i remember thinking this what seems, did, what seems did they censor it they censored it to why me 
why me? Why me? Why me? Why me? And it's like, that that dude is saying fuck. I can clearly see his mouth making a Um, So yeah, uh, he takes this guy, smashes him through a fridge and says, thank you for your cooperation. Good night. Um, Then he's he's off again. Yeah, then we get the rapists who are absolutely horrible men and they're like, obviously trying to rape a woman and uh, Robocop turns up. <laughs> this bit is painful to watch, right? Where he shoots that guy's balls off, basically. Shoots between the lady's legs. Oh, it's so bad, man. The guy's, the, the, the reaction from the actor is just like, Aah! oh, it looks so bad. And then he's got, but this is where you first see that the difference is he's got no empathy because the woman's crying and she's trying to hug him and he's like, You've been through a traumatic incident. I will notify a rape counselling service and just walks away. The rape crisis centre, yeah. He's just got no no emotion for her. And it, it's like, wow, this, what's happening here? It's, you know, although he's an amazingly efficient cop, you do need that human element, you know? And he's also got one-liners, but you know he's going to have one-liners because basically Bob Morton's in his tacking, uh, not his tacking, it's his... his just the way he is is definitely gonna give him one liners he's, <laughs> he's gonna type them in like yeah yeah um your move creep your move creep and it's like hang on is he supposed to be dirty harry dead or alive you're coming with me imagine um clint eastwood playing robocop i also really like drop it <laughs> <laughs> i love that drop, drop it, it. <laughs> he's so good isn't he so so good uh, we get some uh, we get some tv adverts now back to the tv adverts and the news we get a weird TV advert which reminds me and I don't know if you've ever watched it and our listeners will have watched this Red and Stimpy uh, and there's a video a board game called Nukem yes, yes, yes and there's that kid he's like ah oh, Pakistan are invading my border <laughs> and the other guy's like I'm gonna nuke South Korea and they're just like playing this board game where it's all about nuking different countries around the world it's just so weird I love it absolutely love it uh, the last thing he does by the way is um, there's a guy who's got a load of hostages at a bank isn't there and he's like, um, I want, uh, you know, I want a, a, a car with a blind point stereo, blah, blah, blah. And he just walks past all the cops, Robocop, just walks past them all, straight up into the building, grabs the guy through the wall. Yeah. Just throws him out the window onto the car. And that's it. He saved the day. Just, yeah. and, that, and that's that's for all the world to see. And that's where it first becomes he's, like a... He's like a loose cannon like Mel Gibson in Lethal Weapon. <laughs> you want to die, clown? You want to die? Huh? Um, yeah, this is where the world find out about Robocop because they catch that on. on well, oh yeah, then then there's shots of him going to schools. Stay in school. No, he says to the kids, says, "Stay out of trouble." Hey, Robocop, what do you got to say to the kids? Stay out of trouble. He's yeah. like Mr. T. Eat your vegetables. But really, do your homework. But the, but the real white stern version. <laughs> Stay out of trouble. Stay out of trouble. That we get to this fantastic toilet conversation. What well, if it's like Bob, Samuel Jackson been Robocop? Motherfucker, you better stay out of trouble. Stay out of trouble, motherfucker. Um, we get this incredible scene now where Bob, Bob Morton, Miguel Ferrer, is riding high on his Robocop project. It's, it's generating a lot of press and he's in the toilet. He walks in with his friend and they're having a piss and he starts absolutely dissing second in command of OCP, Dick Jones. Dick Jones. And everybody legs it out of there, don't they? Yeah, I, I think I feel like I feel like Dick Jones played by Ronnie Cox. I feel like he's uh, a little bit uh, not cast for the not correctly cast for this. I don't think. Do you think? Agree? Really? I, I like it. I really like him in this. Mm. I like the little scene where he walks out and he knows he can't he, be badass. He doesn't come across as visually. He doesn't come across someone you'd actually that be intimidated by. Do you know what I mean? I always like his considering the 
profanities used in this film um, and you know the gore and everything like that the, the words he uses when he sort of grabs he grabs Bob Morton and he says I used to say terrible things about my boss I used to call him iron butt boner one time I even called him asshole <laughs> like, those aren't really that offensive no exactly this is what iron I mean. butt I'm iron butt like boner that, that was my nickname at school with my surname and then like asshole maybe but then he grabs his hair doesn't he and he sort of says like you are fucked and what we don't realise is that he's cool. actually just going to get him killed boner. I don't have a boss but a boner but what we realise here what we don't realise here at this time but what we do find out later is that actually he is going to get Bob killed he literally gets Clarence to kill him that's, yeah that's, that's the it. thing like, he's not intimidating but Clarence is an intimidating person bitches leave bitches leave <laughs> this is like wow oh Jesus Christ so um Robocop starts having dreams doesn't he he starts having a bit memory he bit starts of, to get a bit of what's going on in his head it's just little things here and there That's some of that is sparked by the fact Lois catches up with him in the corridor and she says Murphy Murphy it's you Murphy it's you and that's like affecting him obviously well, he starts he's got, to do some research yeah uh, he f- figures out what happened he figures out he was killed but, uh, by Clarence Bodicum and he sees deceased that's when he has that whole flashback to his house and his kid and his wife yeah Whew, pretty tough times, man. Absolutely tough times. Um, we get a great scene here where Emil, who will be fondly known by most people who've seen Robocop as Acid Guy, who we'll get to later on, yeah. or Top Ways Guy, um, Emil's at a petrol station and he's filling up his motorbike and he's being horrible to the guy. Uh, and again, oh man, that, that, these lines from this film are etched on my memory. Things like, what you're reading? Yeah, I bet you think you're pretty smart. Think you can outsmart a bullet, and uh, you know he's just horrible to this guy at the petrol station. And then Robocop turns up. The entire petrol station is completely blown apart. It's ridiculous. Well, when um, they when they filmed this, they actually set the actual property on fire, and they almost got into a lot of trouble because of this. It's an absolutely huge explosion, and you can tell it's a real explosion. That was one thing that I was very impressed. Yeah, it wasn't with. supposed to be like that. Yeah, do you think they just went a bit too crazy? Oh yeah, it went, like, it went, it did, it went oh, up too much. Keep rolling, keep rolling quickly. Oh <laughs> well, yeah, you are, you carry on recording regardless. Yeah, always do. <laughs> yeah, that, that, I love that scene. I just always loved his um, Emil. There was a there was a song, a British rap song that was out in the eighties by a what group. Was? It was a group called Silver Bullet, and the song was yeah, called yeah, yeah. "Enough Twenty Seconds to Comply." Yeah, 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 it's a good song. And, and one of the bits, the the DJ would scratch his is this bit where he would say, I bet you think you're pretty smart, smart, smart. I bet you think you're pretty smart. And then he'd say, I think you can outsmart a bullet. And I always loved hearing that. And, and whenever I see this scene, I always think of that song. Oh, no, it's a good on vinyl. I have to put it out and have a little listen. Yeah, man, that's, that's actually a tune, an absolute tune. Um, so, yeah, Robocop, like you say, he questions his identity. He finds out about Alex Murphy. He uses his little data spike in his hand uh, to find out he's deceased. And it, this bit is actually genuinely chilling. You see him just looking at the screen blankly, like, taking in the fact I used to be this guy who is deceased they had very fast processors on their computers didn't they (laughs) yeah they're doing face recognition I thought that was quite good actually it looks pretty like it did for 1987 that was pretty good I quite enjoyed that Robocop's on a mission now isn't he hunt down down anybody associated with Clarence Bodicum yeah 
So he goes to this, uh, this nightclub, first of all, to get um, Leon. Another nightclub scene. Always. Leon's just, having a dance. I'd like ladies. to just watch a movie compiled of all the, all the nightclub scenes. Would it be this scene? It'd be Tech Noir, and it'd be the sex party from Fright Night 2. Uh, and Fright Night 1, come on. There's always a party and in the like, It's Basic Instinct, like I said earlier. Michael Douglas's jumper's very much like Fimmy Jiggy's jump in Fright Night. And also that weird moment in Kitboxer where um, uh, Van Damme is in that weird little Thai pub and he starts dra- dancing and he ends up fighting everybody in the pub. Anyway, we're I going on. I can't believe the last podcast we did and had a connection to Kickboxer 5. Yeah, well, you know. No, Kickboxer. I don't. No, I don't. It's got to be Critters 4 next year as well. Yeah. <sighs> Go on, Karen. <laughs> So we go to this club and Leon, obviously, Ray Weiss, is in this club having a little bit of a dance. Um, Everybody's coked out their faces. They are so coked out. Very subtle and incredibly funny moment, and I don't know why it's even in the film, is where he knocks the gun out of Ray oh, Weiss's hand. Oh, so good, and it falls into the hand of the other guy. <laughs> he and just it, catches and it, it carries on dancing. He it and just carries on dancing. It's pointing towards the person he's dancing with. Catch it, no problem. Just like starts looking and starts dancing. Yeah. What the fuck? So much coke. I've like, done so I much so, okay. I was so high last night. I caught a gun in a nightclub and just danced. I just kept dancing. I just kept just dancing. Like, yeah. Then I don't. Why? What happened to the gun? Uh, why not? Um, what does happen to the gun? I can't remember. The, the, the guy's dancing with it. See, he just dances with the gun. Whatever it's happens just... to him when he's got the gun. At some point, you know he's going to realise it. Look, he go, hey, and shoot up at the ceiling, isn't he? Um, we cut back to the last scene we're going to see Bob in Miguel Ferrer which is him with two prostitutes and a, a shitload of cocaine again this is such an 80s movie yeah. cocaine hookers all that kind of stuff it's all about materialism but being a kid though remember watching this as a kid it, for me this I remember this scene it's like it's like it's got two women and, and they're doing something I don't know what that is and then she's put it over like, almost on her boobies yeah, and he's doing it on that, and I don't know what he's they're doing. Oh, dad, well, he's, dad, he, what are they doing? He's living the high life, and he's he's you know he's raking in all the Robocop money, and he's he's, he's having a great the time. high life. Yeah, and then Clarence arrives and says the infamous bitches leave. Bitches like, leave, and they do. <laughs> Such they do. a horrible person, isn't he? He's like like he's going a uh, going on an airplane for like six seven hours, and you like oh. God, who this is guy this guy sh- sitting next to me? Cry. He keeps putting his fingers in my wine <laughs> and sniffing them. Oh, Every prick. time I got a cup of tea, like that, I fuck him up. He's gonna burn his guns, fingers this guns, time. Guns, 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 guns. Um, yeah. So he he basically puts on a DVD, which is or a CD, it probably was of um Dick Jones saying, "Oh, you fucked. Told you that." And uh you know, you fuck with the wrong guy. And that's it, really. You're probably on your knees right now, begging like the the piece of shit you are. Um, and this is where Clarence just blows, like shoots him about four times in each leg. He really takes his legs out. Um, and then leaves a grenade on the table. Walks out of the room. And poor Bob's trying to grab the grenade, but all we see is the, the building blow up, really. That's the end of it, really, for him. Yep. Um, then we go to one of my favourite scenes, actually, apart from the end scene which is well, the coke factory I was going to say very quickly when Clarence does walk in he just shoots the legs doesn't he four times one two one two and it's just like wow <laughs> that's really fucking full on like, he's, he's, a, he's a mercenary this guy's a mercenary yeah. like he's, he's a fucking like you he's, don't fuck he, with he, him I actually feel he's kind of a bit like the Joker he he is actually a lot like see? the Joker see uh, Batman again huh? he, huh? he um to the point that 
a character like this or a villain like this, you would probably expect him to let a lot of his his henchmen do the work. He'll just do it. He'll just he walk in. He obviously gets pleasure in it. Yeah, he loves getting his fingers dirty, his so hands dirty. You know, he's the guy that killed Murphy. Don't forget this. He strolled out of the shadows at the beginning and said, uh, what do we get here? And like, just basically like... Well, he's like, the real bad guy. the streets of crime is what they're supposed to be, is the bad guys, all lots of people, as one whole unit. But he is just, he is the baddie in this movie. And Robocop's a goodie. That's what kind of what we're watching here now. You're right, actually. He is kind of like an extreme joker because at the beginning when he says, i got a little problem, cops don't like me and yeah. I don't like cops. No, absolutely. And I swear that Robocop's Batman. Yeah, maybe. There is another person that people think he is, which I want to come to later Ooh, on, perhaps, okay, perhaps cool. for Brother Strange or maybe just at the end of this, which I'll, I'll touch on briefly. Um, but yeah, the Coke factory now. So this is where the Italian guy who runs the Coke factory is uh, the big bold guy who's got the drinking the wine. And he's, he's doing well. You know, he's got a lot of guys working, packing Coke, cutting Coke, selling Coke. And uh, this is where um, Clarence turns up with his gang. And he's basically saying, like, I want to take over your your Coke. Um, you, you know, what you do here, I want to take over the whole business. Um, he drinks his wine with his with his nose, as it were. He snorts uh, the nose. He doesn't drink the wine with his nose, does he? And like you said, though, the guy straight away just necks the wine. Like, I am not going to let you intimidate me. I'm going to no, drink with wine. Yeah, no, I thought that was very good. A little subtle subtleness there. Um... Yeah, they pull out all the guns, uh, guns, 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 and then Robocop kicks the door in. Yeah. And I love this moment where he uh, he targets, he scans every person, every human in the building. While he's being shot at. And then goes to work. So he just then starts slowly walking through the, the factory. Sometimes he doesn't even look where he's shooting. He just turns because he knows that's where they were. And he's targeting them. And he's just... It's a really great scene. And he literally takes out pretty much every guy in the factory apart from Clarence Bodicum, who he absolutely demolishes by throwing through about six walls. Yeah. Um, he's bleeding everywhere, isn't he? And he's like... Uh, he says something to him like, you are wanted for many crimes, I don't know. And he's just like, fuck you. Yeah. Spits on his... Spits on him. Oh, no, he spits later on, doesn't he? Yeah. He does, yeah. Uh, but, um, he take, yeah. takes him in the police station, doesn't he? He throws him down. What are we he... booking him for, a cop killer? Yeah, he's a cop killer. And then he just goes, just give me my fucking phone call. Just horrible man, spits spitting blood on the it. table. Yeah. Really horrible piece of work. Um, Robocop then goes to visit Dick. And this is where we find out about Directive 4. Um, can't do anything about it, you know. He can't. He starts to freeze. His joints don't work. And that is basically he can't. He can't arrest any member of OCP or shoot them or anything like that. And so he can't do anything. So why did they make it so he actually like looks like he's in pain? Surely it'd just be like, oh, I can't do it. Oh, I can't do it. Like, I think it just sort of frees him because he's trying to fight it. I think it's not so much pain. It's like he's oh, okay. trying to move and he's not. And obviously then we get Ed 209 come back in the room. This is Robocop versus Ed 209. Um, Ed 209 is like, and Robocop's semi-paralyzed, so he's really trying to just get away. Um, unfortunately, though, Ed 209's, well, Ed 209's biggest, really, much like the, the Daleks. The really sketchy Harryhausen type of uh, effects goes on here. Much like the Daleks from Doctor Who, um, there is only one weakness with Ed 209, and that is stairs. Um, it can't go down the stairs and it trips and falls down the stairs. Um, almost has a bit of a tantrum, doesn't it, on the stairs? It's like, it's, funny, <laughs> it's really good noise that it makes. Um, he goes out into the car park. Um, some cops start shooting at Robocop. He manages, 
they're all really really going for him he's getting blasted actually and he's rolling around trying to get away from them um, Lois saves him she jumps she gets a car she... it, it, at this point here it's very reminiscent of how Murphy died in the first place it is they're really like just everybody they're around now, him they're now trying to kill Robocop and it's like you created this person and he yeah it's quite it's quite full on um, Lois takes him off she takes him back to that foundry that we were at earlier um she brings him some stuff that he's asked for, obviously, some, some tools, some baby food, um, and he takes the mask off, and we see the man behind the mask. Um, do you, do you, after this, is, it, is this the monster car TV advert? Monster car? Is it, there's a car in it, which is like, I can't remember what it was, but something about it is like, wow, that's pretty cool. So my note just says, monster car TV advert. I don't remember that. <laughs> anyway, then the police strike. Well, hang on, I just want to really quickly say how great the effects look when he takes oh, the well, mask off. Of course, With the way that it looks like it the is skin really is good over the top. Over. Yeah. yeah, it's very, very well done. Um, Rob Bottin. Rob Bottin, incredible well, effects. He, he got off the, he got off the uh, set a halfway through, he didn't want to do any more of it, so someone else took over. Obviously, with... Um, what the fuck's his name? Uh, Clarence Bodica, uh, he, you know, he's basically got OCP in his pocket he gets off you know he nothing happens they release him it's fine and the gang the gang are going crazy they are looting well, this is, this rioting is a police strike yeah so the they poli- get away it all ties in something. doesn't it it all yeah. ties in so yeah sorry the police are striking so carry on um yes uh and so yeah there's just there's rioting everywhere <clears throat> and all those guys meet up and because because he was arrested, old Clarence made his only phone call, and that went to old um, uh, Dick Jones, who got him out of prison <clears throat> and said to him, and he said to him, like, well, have you got any military-grade uh, uh, guns or anything like that? And he goes, well, we're, we are pretty much the army. He's like, oh, okay. And he turns up to meet his mates, like Ray Wise. He's, the, he's the other got gang this gun, hasn't he? And he's, he's got these guns to give to these people, and they blow cars up with one shot. Because, uh, well, initially he's like, look at my face, dick. <laughs> and, uh, and that's when they're having the argument. But yeah, when he, they, they show the advert for the SUX 6000 car and, and Clarence turns up in it. But the, the black guy in their gang, I can't remember his name, but he, he's like, hey, we got the same car. That's pretty cool. And Clarence is like, hey, yeah, it is. Boom. And just explodes his car. And he's like, Oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah. And then they just start blowing up. So they start blowing up all the cars, all the buildings. They're just having a great time, just going absolutely nuts. Um, what? How does uh, Robocop lure them to the, the steel mill? Oh, there's a, they've got a tracker in him. That's it, isn't it? That's right, yeah. Uh, there's a tracker in him. They did say that right at the beginning. Miguel Ferris said, oh, we can keep constant eye on him because there's a tracker bit in him. That's fine. Um, yeah, so they, they go to the steel mill. And, and, uh, and that's where he already is with his face because um, he's already been blasted. That's where he's hiding out at the moment. And they go there. That's right. And he's all ready for them, waiting for them. Yeah, that's right. So he, Lois helps him with his targeting because it's a bit off because he's been shot in the head, etc. He puts his, you know, he gets everything back to normal. He reloads. He doesn't eat baby food. He doesn't want to. I'm not, he's not hungry. Um, yeah, and then it just kicks off, really. So the first thing that happens is uh, they all start marching down the middle of this sort of alleyway and a mill is in the van behind them. And they all get split up, and that's fine. And Robocop's like, looking for me. <laughs> I love these lines, man. He's so good. Clarence <laughs> um, 
Yeah, and uh, oh, this this scene it talked about in school playgrounds in the eighties, where a mill drives his van into a toxic waste vat. It's so good. Oh my god, and the pain he must have been he going comes through. Out, he's, he's crawling and he's, he's shot so rough. He's shot not like a horror movie, but directed by Mike Possibly Shoot. It, it's just shot wide. It's shot just yeah. It's just creeping along like you're absolutely in pain. It's like there's no humor. There's he's no going, nothing. <laughs> as, a, as a kid watching this, this is one of the things which made me into like. And then, and then he oh grabs. Oh my god, he, this is too realistic. He grabs Leon, and Leon's like, "Get the fuck off me!" He's like, "Get off me! You're disgusting." But then just gets squashed by a car. My friend, I think you might have done this as well. One of my friends at school used to call him condom fingers. No. Because his fingers look like they're all like condoms on his, like dripping off. Condom fingers. That, 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 it does sound right, right, but no. <laughs> um, it's really fucking full on. And then, and then um, they're driving, someone just drives their car into him and he just explodes and his head goes rolling across the top. It's just this gore out of nowhere. Like, where has that come from? Ridiculous. Yeah, really full on, yeah. Really, like, really, really full on. Um, he takes out most people uh lois is kind of doing her thing and one of them's in a crane and they one of the bad guys and they drop a shit what do you, what do you car heater would smell like oh god i got bits bits of a meal in my radiator when at the I was, years ago uh we were where as you do hanging out with your car somewhere a load of us and one of the guys i was with just stood on the bonnet and pissed on it and um uh, then oh. you turn the heating on in your car and it smelled of piss oh no so would it just smell of a meal Emil, get your ass out of the van. Stinking up the joint. <laughs> um, the, all the metal gets dropped on Robocop. I thought they were going to use that crane as a magnet and pick him up. Yeah, because that's what happened in Superman or something, isn't it? Oh, well, the Superman yeah. Movies. yeah. Don't they do that? Yeah. Um, and if, obviously, we, we know that he's got his, his spike in his hand, which he used to sort of give someone the middle finger at some point, didn't he, earlier on? Yeah. Hey, you can't do that! And he's like... Whoosh. I'm actually using this as a data spike. Don't worry, it's not really me putting my middle finger up. But here he's um, saying, "Ara rubber cap." And, uh, and that's Clarence has got him. Clarence is about to kill him and stuff. And uh, yeah, Clarence just fucks him up, man. Yeah. And then I love this moment where um, Lois is so fucked, man. She's been shot, and she's lying on the floor, and she's like, "Murphy," and he's like, "Are you okay, Lois?" And she's like, "I'm a mess." And he's like, "They'll fix you. They always fix you." Yeah. Um, but it's a bit though where she's she's like she's almost dead. We think she's dead, and she actually helps him out by shooting Ray Wise. She um, blows up the crane, doesn't she? Yeah, yeah, yeah. With ah, one of those, one that's of those so cool. Guns. It gives him the opportunity to get his spike into Clarence's neck and take Clarence to where he should, where he belongs. Yeah, man. And yeah. then when and that's that's actually for me that was quite a full on scene because he shoves it in his neck and you just see Robocop's face, and all of a sudden this splat of blood just goes on Robocop's face whereas obviously his, his neck just goes explodes all over yeah, Robocop it's fucking quite it's long, great it? so then, then the we, final scene oh, we, go, we go back we go, to yeah. OCP doesn't he because he needs yeah. to arrest you know what OCP yeah, yeah you know, you know me. me OCP <laughs> you know me 
Um, and uh, he has another final uh, a battle with Ed 209, except this time he has one of those big fucking guns. He doesn't even battle him, he just fucking takes him he out. He just shoots the gun and Boom. that's the end of that. And then he's, he has his toes to a wiggles on the floor like... He goes up to a meeting where uh, Dick Jones is there and Dan O'Hearley, the, uh, the old man, as he's kind of playing. Um, uh, and they're up in this big meeting talking to Ray about Ed 209 being the greatest thing. We've got one downstairs looking after the lobby, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, yeah, okay, fine, fine, whatever, cool. And um, uh, Robocop just walks in and... Um, He's like, Dick, Dick Jones, you are charged with and, blah, blah, blah. And the old man, because he doesn't really like Dick Jones anyway, he's like, oh, so what, uh, do you have any proof to back this up, officer? And talks to him like he's an officer, which is quite Yeah, he cool, does, he does. Yeah, I thought it was quite good. And um, he puts his little spike into TVs and it comes up with a uh, confession from old... Uh, uh, um, Dick Jones uh, basically yeah. about what's going on all this sort of stuff and um, this Clarence works for Dick Jones that's what it is, it is, it is that's what it is isn't it it's Clarence saying I yeah. work for Dick Jones man that's OCP right. that's right you um, know I'm... me <laughs> I'm down with OCP I'm yeah you know him. me you know me <laughs> OCP man you know Naughty me by nature should have been in this that would have been brilliant they should have done the same track they should have just changed the song OCP to OCP you know me with Clarence <laughs> just have like Dick Jones and like Robocop like you know me <laughs> Clarence <laughs> um, yeah so he says uh, I'm not able to do anything because it's one of my directives to not hurt someone from OCP and he goes okay uh, but, but Dick's, Dick Dick grabs he's up though so he pulls out a gun and he, yeah. he gets the, uh, the main boss and he says Dick you're fired thank you Thank you. Like, and then he blasts him out the window. Um, you sound a bit like a simpleton when you do it. Thank you. No, no, the way you do it is perfect. Like, cause it is a bit kind of like what Robocop sounds like. And then he flies out the window. And I always, I always used to pause the video with my kids on this because his arms are so bloody long. Oh, this is really bad effects here. It's like, I think they, it's they trying to give the effect they of got this perspective. in uh, Die Hard, though, didn't they? I think they tried to get the perspective, so if they make his arms long, it looks... But it, it was awful. I don't understand what they're going for. He turned into Mr. Fantastic for me. <laughs> Stretch Armstrong. Yeah, he's like... I thought he's... Is he trying to, he's trying to grab Robocop as he falls. He's stretching up, up. I, need, I need to watch that again, because I think they <laughs> fucked that up completely. Um, but yeah, and then my favourite bit with the old dude is when he goes... He straightens his tie, casually says, Nice shooting, son. What's your name? No, nice shooting officer. What's your name? So he calls him officer again and he straightens his tie and he goes, Murphy. And, he goes, <laughs> and, then, and just winks at him, like straightens his tie and then he just walks out and then you get that. And that's it. And it finishes. It's so fucking. It finishes as quick as it starts. It starts straight away, he walks into it and then he walks out of it at the end. It's like, whoa, okay. My last note says, this is one of the most perfect films ever. I, I I stand by that. Yeah, it's a really good movie, isn't it? It's in my top five films of all time, Gav. All of a sudden, I could, didn't realise until last night, it's leapt into my top five films of all time. Really? Isn't that crazy? Mm-hmm. I will watch it. I would watch it. I would end it and I could watch it again. And in fact, as a, a younger guy, I, I would used to watch it with my mate. Stop it. And we'd watch it from the beginning. And this took effort back then because you'd rewind the video and you'd watch it again. And, and I, com- I completely agree with you. I'm really happy that I have my RoboCup mug. Yeah, that oh, that mug. You posted the picture, didn't you, on the Facebook page today? Yeah. Um, who bought you that mug? Charlie. 
Charlie. Uh, sick mug. I'm pretty jealous that you got that. That's a cool mug, actually. Oh, man. That's that it. is. That's Robocop. So, thumbs I up mean, or thumbs down? Obviously, it's a thumbs up. I it's mean, this is such a great movie for so many reasons. The effects don't. Apart from the Ed 9 stuff, the 99% of the effects hold up and the story still is biting and satirical as it was back then. Yeah, that's right. The very acting is great. The writing's great. Uh, the premise is great. And the premise is actually getting scarily close to, you know, with more and more cyborg and prosthetics happening. You know, it's getting more and more... Um, closer to the truth yeah, uh, also you know I've got to say the reason we love it is is because it, we both talked about this before and we have done it tonight but the fact that it kind of got us into those gory horror movies really uh, this for me gave me the taste I wanted more gore I wanted to see more blood yeah. uh, good job I just started liking films I'm not actually going out and beca- becoming a killer isn't it really it is because it <laughs> probably would be one. <laughs> oh thanks, thanks uh, so uh, there, there we go that is Robocop from 1987 um, very briefly, as always, uh, Robocop 2. Thoughts at all? Not seen it. No? Okay. Have you not? Okay, I've got the trilogy box set. Two's all right. Three, he gets a jetpack, and it kind of ties... <laughs> yeah, and it starts falling in line with the, the cartoon. Lois dies in number three, so that's the only sort of poignant bit. Then they made a TV show, um, but Peter Weller was only in the first two. Um, and then the remake. Um actually didn't mind the remake i've got to be honest with you it was actually pretty all right compared it came out the same year as the total recall remake much better film and actually the scene where he says show me what's left of actually me and they take all the sort of robotics away and it's pretty much just some eyeballs and a brain it's like wow that that's pretty harsh um robocop 3 is a um i know about this because it was basically directed by fred decker and this was his big opportunity to get out there and actually make something he did not the creeps in like monster squad but um, he got out there, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. But like, uh, it was basically he was trying to keep the producers happy, and he didn't, just didn't understand that that's not the score. Basically, and that's not what you do, and not in this, not in a bigger realm that he was entering with doing Robocop three. So unfortunately, it fucked him up and fucked his career up a little bit. But he's back again soon because he's writing with his old school partner um, Shane Black. They're writing the new Predator film, which is being shot at the moment. Yes, and I'm very much looking forward to that. The last thing then I want to say about Robocop was something I was thought about doing for Border of the Strange, but actually probably isn't long enough to really chat about. But that's just recently Paul Verhoeven has revealed that um, he wrote Robocop, well, he directed Robocop and uh, wrote elements of it so that it was basically a retelling of the story of Jesus Christ. Um, he gets crucified um, he's shot in the hand he loses an arm shot in the head so like the um, the the crown of thorns and then he gets resurrected as a hero and only to be destroyed again Um, there's a lot more to it than that but it does go on quite a while but I thought that was quite interesting actually because Superman I've always thought was was actually the, the, the Jesus Christ story even to the point that he was I think 21 which I think correct me if I'm wrong listeners I think Jesus was oh no 30 sorry he was 30 which Jesus was when he when he died as well and you know obviously sent by his father to save mankind and you know he's he has to hide his identity and he's got superpowers and all this thing and the thing with Robocop is the very final scene you see him walking he's walking on water as well isn't he because there's that big puddle he's walking across okay um so I thought I just thought that's very interesting that Paul Verhoeven has come out and said that recently um, that's cool it's very interesting uh, apparently Vorhoven also has written a book called 
Jesus Christ's biography. Okay. So there we go. Anyway, on that note, uh, <laughs> shall we go to World of the Strange? Let's get some Bill Murray over here. Bill? Bill? Bill. 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 Hi, welcome back to World of the Strange. And welcome back to World of the Strange. So strange, Gavin. The world is a strange place, Gavin. And as normal, Dan and I are in a strange, strange world and we'd like to take you with us. So strange. Strange world. It's a strange world. So I've racked my brains for this one um, and I was actually... Because we've done Robocop and Terminator, I, w- I always like to try and keep them relevant. And I was going to do um, one that was just like a list of um, cyber humans, humans that have bits replaced with them that you were like, wow, that would be really cool. Um, so it, it just wasn't very good. So I came across, I've got two here for you. One of them is a very short one, and it's just about how in Dubai, they are soon going to be having robotic cops in Dubai. Again, cops, not cocks. Cop with a P on the end. Okay, so, so what, what um, have they got? They've got these robotic sort of cr- cops sort of scattered around Dubai with like a big computer screen on their chest. And if you see a crime, you can go up to them and just report your crime mm. to these cops. Mm. Um, and they wear like policemen uh, hats and stuff like that. But, uh, but they don't move. They're just their computers are side side the road. Uh, they kind of just sit there, I think, for now. So it's kind of like a telephone. Instead of a telephone, you can just use the internet on them. Yeah, but they dress them to look like cops, and they have bulletproof vests on <laughs> for some reason. And apparently, they Dubai plan to replace twenty five percent of their police force by twenty thirty with these things that don't move. Now, some of them have wheels. <laughs> okay. And they patrol up and down. Um, from what I gather, Dubai is a good place to go shopping. So these places just sort of... Sh- get Isn't these- everyone scared of doing anything in Dubai anyway? Could you get locked up for the smallest thing? Well, I mean, for these robots on the on the loose, of course. Okay. You've got to I'd watch out for these robots. I'd see how they'd last in like a really bad area, like a different part of the world. Uh, Dubai government have said by 2030 we will have the first smart police station which won't require any human employees okay we will wait and see and we're aiming we're aiming to implement many smart police mechanisms including robots and artificial intelligence I think they're a bit high actually Uh, but they will have cameras in their eyes to detect humans and objects what the people that made them yes I do oh okay Um, unfortunately though one side effect, just as the end of it, is uh, they only have a battery life of eight hours before having to recharge. Right, okay, so so you have to employ people to recharge them? No, no, apparently they'll do it all themselves, they're saying. Yeah, right. Anyway, that, that was a side note. The main one I wanted to go through here is, I've got a list for you, Gavin. You love okay. it, don't you? Is it, is it something icky? No, uh, it's not icky, but it's interesting and it's related to what we've gone through. So this is a list of 13 real-life scary robot attacks. Okay. 
Yeah? Are you ready for this? How are you feeling? Chopping mole, eh? Yeah, that kind of thing. Terminator. Go on, then. So the first one on the list is um, the Ford Motors Assembly Line robot. Right. So Robert Williams was the first person in history to be killed by a robot in 1979. He was working on the Ford Motor Company casting line uh, where the parts retrieval robot started to slow down. And Williams decided to try and manually retrieve the parts. Oh, no. But the one-ton robot arm lunged out and crushed his head instantly. Oh, my God. That was the first man ever, 1979. Wow, Star Wars time. Yeah, that's crazy, right? I love the next one. It's called the Kawasaki Robot Rebellion. This happened in Japan in 19... 19- that's a movie I want to make. <laughs> this happened in Japan in 1981. There was an engineer named Kenji Uradu, and he was trying to fix a robot in the Kawasaki Heavy Industrial Plant in Japan. Suddenly, it turned on him. It activated itself, and it used its hydraulic arm to shove him backwards and backwards and backwards until it pushed him into a grinding machine oh. where, he, where he was ground to a pace so oh, it, was like an, it was like a movie scene like he could see himself being pushed backwards towards his thing probably and then he got ground up into a, like a pate oh my god that's pretty bad isn't it it's fucking gnarly now the next one is one we've covered before um, a robot grabbed and crushed a man at a Volkswagen plant this only happened a couple of years ago I remember this yes uh, yeah can you remember can you tell our listeners why you remember this no because the the lady, the reporter who who found out about it and tweeted it was called Sarah O'Connor. Oh yes. Which the internet went insane. I remember, and she said, "I've not even ever seen the movie." <laughs> so her tweet was Sarah O'Connor or at Sarah O'Connor. A robot has killed a worker at a Volkswagen plant, yeah. and it's just like if you saw that, you're gonna be like, well. Terminator's come true. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> Sarah Connor Imagine that she puts her off going, oh my God, this is so bad like that. Then all of a sudden she's going to treat people go, yes, yeah, smiley faces and thumbs she's, up. Um, and stuff. She's like, what, what the hell's going on? She said, I was inundated with messages about Skynet. I didn't understand any of this. <laughs> and I've not even seen the film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so what happened was in 2015, in July 2015, a VW production plant, uh, a robot turned around, it grabbed one of the, the guys that worked there, he was only 22, bless him, um, and it picked him up and it sort of pushed him up and then crushed him up against the metal plate. Um, it crushed his chest cavity completely and he died in hospital not long after. So, and what, did you, what did she tweet again? This is, Sarah, this is Sarah Connor, who happened to just have the same name as Terminator. Well, it was, her name's Sarah O'Connor, but it's still it's good pretty... good enough. Yeah, so she tweeted, so it said, at Sarah O'Connor, robot kills worker in VW working plant. <laughs> I don't mean to laugh. Rise of the, She might as well have tweeted, rise of the machines. Well, she wouldn't have known that, though. She might so as well have next, tweeted, I'll, I'll be back. Check out the next one. You ready for this? Okay. Okay, so the headline is Robot Surgeons Kill 144 People Between 20, uh, 2000 and 2013. I'm going with Japan. Let's have a look. 
It says, adopting the use of robots for surgical procedures has become a widespread practice over the years. And as with any surgical procedure, there are risks and complications and even death. A study carried out for the 13 years, 2000 to 2013, for the FDA, I think that's America, isn't it? Calculated that during surgery, there have been 144 deaths, 1,391 injuries, and 8,061 robotic, mal robotic malfunctions. One of the deaths in, in 1990, uh, sorry, one in every 119 injuries was caused by a piece of the robot falling off and landing inside the patient during oh. the procedure. Two deaths and 52 injuries were caused by the robotic surgeon turning itself off during the surgery. Others were caused by making miscalculated moves and a whopping 193 injuries were the result of sparks, electrical sparks, coming out of the, the robot surgeon and burning the patient. Okay. So a robot's working away on you and it loses a finger in you. It's not oh. great, is it? Yeah, that's not good, is it? Why do they keep using these... I suppose out of out of what what's the percentage that I suppose yeah you know there was a high percentage which were, they were successful. That's I you. guess they're sort of there were operations that they assume ah well no, uh, well fuck it doesn't matter. A human doesn't need to do this one, you know. Like laser eye surgery to some extent is is pretty much just roboticized now. It's it's you know you don't need much there with a human. It's all done by a laser, isn't it? Really, so things like that. Okay, mm. fair enough. All right, okay. You're going to love the next headline. Is this our last one? No, no, there's 13 of these. We're about halfway through. Oh, Jesus, go for it. Robotic cannon goes on rampage in South Africa. Cannon? In October 2017, in North Cape of Africa, a robotic cannon goes on a rampage. It's an anti-aircraft cannon, and it suddenly launched its own attack against the South African North Defence... Uh, sorry, National Defence Force. It completely emptied its twin 250-round autoloader magazines, completely unprovoked, killing nine soldiers and shooting another 14 whilst they struggled to get it under control. So it just turned around and just started shooting its own soldiers. Jesus Christ. Isn't that weird? You don't think of this, do you? You just think, yeah, we're men, we're in control. This is man, we do what we do. We built this machine and it will do what we say. What happens when it doesn't? Yeah, I don't think we're in control at all. No way, man. No, no way. Uh, a robot crushed the man and deleted the evidence. Oh, God, here we go. <laughs> In 2006, a robotic workstation at a place called Alliance Tech Systems went berserk on one of their employees. The robot, known as the Degator, he sounds like a transformer, doesn't he? Yeah. He pinned the man up against its own frame, so it basically bear-hugged him and crushed him to death. The man was found in a chokehold, pinned up against Degator, with his, with his arms stretched out, reaching for the reset button. Sounds like an awful wrestler. <laughs> Degator wins! <laughs> um, so they found the man dead with one arm stretched out, trying just inches away from the reset button. That's sad. Um, further upping the creepy factor of this story, though, testing the robot showed there were no malfunctions in any of its moment, but it had also deleted its own memory. That's mental. Oh, that's a good one, that one. Oh, it's a bit creepy, isn't it? That's horrible. It's like, oh, I've just killed a man. I better delete my memory so no one finds out. 
Oh, that's oh. really horrible. That's self-thinking, then. That's weird. Um, okay, so here we go. A robot turns psycho killer on a man in India. Okay. So in August 2015, Ramji Lal, who was 24, was working at SK SKH Metals in India when a robot killed him. The, the robot was programmed to weld metal sheets together, but whilst Lal was adjusting one of the sheets, the robot just shot out a welding arm, stabbing him in the stomach and electrocuting him for no reason. Oh my gosh. These are horrible, these aren't they? They die. Yeah. All of these people died, I think. Oh. So the robots killed them. We make, a, we make the robots, the robots destroy us. And man creates dinosaurs, dino creates man. Uh, um, anyway. Uh, here we go. It's a Swedish one. So in 2007, an industrial robot attacking almost almost killed a man in Sweden. This, this guy lives. He thought he'd turned off the power to the robots which are used for relocating giant rocks and he walked towards the machines to carry out some maintenance work suddenly they all came on and one of them put his head in a vice grip he struggled to free himself and after sustaining quite a few injuries including four broken ribs he managed to wriggle free and escape that's horrible you, you thought they turned off and you're sort of like oh just make sure everything's all right. oh god he's got me yeah right yeah that's horrible that one now this is a bad one. Employee dies after being beaten to death by a robotic arm. Okay. <laughs> so in 2007, an employee of a company called Lenko Incorporated was trying to repair a robotic arm, um, which was designed to remove CD cases from an injection molding machine. All of a sudden, the robot arm lashed out violently. It span its arm in a circle, hitting the man in the head a few times. He suffered blunt force trauma to his ribs and skull, I think his skull cracked by the looks of it because he died two weeks later in hospital from the injuries. Oh, gnarly. There's a machine that they call the Man Crushing Machine. This is the next one. The Man Crushing Machine? Yeah. So, Colorado Blue Shift Industrial, which is a company, um, they built a machine uh, who... And uh, it killed a man who they hired to install platforms which allowed safer access to this machine ironic isn't it okay. the machine is a robot that they use to distribute packaged products it consists of four main components the computer the carousel the inserter the and the extruder <laughs> and, and then lots of conveyor belts as the man was working the, the extruder the, extru the extruder car struck him he fell 10 feet down he got caught on the conveyor the, the, the inserter grabbed him and pushed him into the extruder and they it ran over him and crushed his head and they're killed work, him. They're working as a team. <laughs> Jesus Christ. He's fallen into a giant game of mousetrap there. That's what's happened. <laughs> um, we've got one, two, three. Three left and then we're done. You'll be pleased to hear because he's getting pretty oh, terrible. The robotic strangler. Okay. 2001, an employee was tidying up before clocking off for the day. He made his way into a robot cell where the machinery suddenly booted up, grabbed him by the neck, pinned him under a wheel rim, and strangled him to death. Why is that happening? If the machine's off, why is it turning on and strangling him? I don't know. That's horrible, man. I don't want to work around machines in robots. Here we go. There's a machine called a palletizer. Heard of that? No. 
Okay, so a palletizer picks up big giant pallets, so big old crates, and it's got these big, it's like a fork, and it moves in and out so it can like pick up different size pallets. One day, the machine just suddenly turned on. Um, she was in the cage where the pallet was. It ran into the cage, grabbed her, squeezed her, grabbed around the torso. She popped. Oh! Just squeezed her. She crushed her completely. Jesus. Ma'am, always, guys, always make sure your machines are off, okay? Uh, the last one here. Uh, it's a 38-year-old man was turning to leave his robot. <laughs> to leave his robot, that's all it says. <laughs> um, when a robot walked up behind him. What? Where does he work? <laughs> it struck him from behind, then crushed his neck and chest. So it oh didn't just God. hit him, it then crushed his neck it and chest. It stalked him, then got it, took him down. What's he, where does he work, though? It's not Sainsbury's, is it? Oh, fuck, he ain't fucking Sainsbury's, no. He works somewhere with his robot. Right, guys, I've done my, I've done my shift. I'll leave my robot there, and I'll see you guys in the morning. John, John, look out. Your robot's following you. Oh, Why are you following me, robot? My name is C-3PO. I WD-40 you, you every morning. <laughs> Come on. I polish you. I polish your head every night. That's rude. Gavin. There we go. So those are not so strange, because... Death can happen by machine. Yeah, no, they're not that strange because we made we made these robots, and so you know it's our own. Maybe it's us that's strange making these robots. I've got a uh, a joke for you. Oh, fantastic, guys! Listeners, this is a special time where Gavin probably once every four or five episodes drops a joke on me. I um, this is not my joke. I didn't make it up. A man goes to see his friend at work, and the man says to his friend, "I like your secretary." And uh, the uh, other guy says, oh, well, she's a robot. Squeeze her left tit. This is what it says here. We can change this to boob. And she's a a math genius. Squeeze her right tit. And she acts like a secretary. Strange. The man says to his friend, can I borrow her? And the man says, yes. He takes her to an empty room. And then 30 seconds later, you can hear screaming. The other man says, oh, I forgot to tell you. Her ass is a pencil sharpener. Uh, that's horrible that's awful isn't it <laughs> it's really weird Gavin I think I need some music yeah okay should we have some music uh, uh, yeah so shameless plug um, I've got a album out on the 12th of May abstract 85 if you want to look for it on Google or on Spotify or Amazon or iTunes or whatever. And you can also you can also find links on our Facebook page for the podcast on Ordered Hill. Yeah, and um, um, this is the last track I'll play from it. Next time it'll be like a little promo thing for the album. Um, um, then we get back to normal film scores and things. Um, and this song, what song was I going to play for? I think you said it was uh, Black Saturn. It was indeed. That's which the is one. A, which is a name taken from a, a Giallo script. I've written which I really like it was but I really thought this reminded me the beginning of it reminds me of um, an Italian score Tarantino used in Kill Bill when she wakes up and the guy realises she wakes up in hospital 
and some music playing. Yeah. Um, I can't remember, I haven't watched it for years, but I remember it being from an Italian film. I don't know if it was a giallo, but it was an Italian film. And um, I don't know, that's why I called it this, because I like the name, and that's what it reminds me. I love that. I always love the name Two Snakes and Black Saturn anyway, since, ever since we, we had a little, well, since you wrote that script, and we had a little tweak of it and worked on it a little bit. It's, yeah, it's, it's not it's bad, good. actually. Uh, we're going to get back to it at some point. Um, uh, anyway, yes, so this is uh, Two Snakes in Black Saturn. That's all the time we've got for this week on World of Next week, though, give me Ira. Hairless pets. Weird.
so I, I like that track that is a good track uh, thank you so much uh, for letting us listen to that Gav um, abstract 85 um, cool well that's been a, what a wicked episode this was lots of robotic things so so good we've been planning this one for a while we finally got into doing it I'm really really it was just ecstatic both films 9 out of 10 from me on IMDb however the next episode is going to be a good one Ooh, next one's a good one as well it's a heavy hitter well, we've just unfortunately said goodbye to Jonathan Demney, who, who um, passed away a couple of weeks ago, uh, depending on when you're listening to this, um, who was, anybody who doesn't know, most famously directed Silence of the Lambs. We are going to do Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. And we are going to couple that with another gritty detective crime movie, which is... Yeah, I think that's a good double bill, Gav. So, Seven and Silence of the Lambs. My God, that's going to be a great double bill, I think. Silence uh, of the Seven Lambs. It's going to be quite harrowing. I don't think I can do them both in an, an evening. I'm going to have to take a couple it's, of days between them. Yeah, it's going to be quite a, quite a conversation, isn't it? Jesus. Jesus, I mean, uh, yeah, but we're going to be, be able to chat about Brad Pitt, David Fincher, Kevin Spacey, and then... Oh. Got, we've got Silence of the Lambs to talk about. Yeah, we did a feature film last time as well. Yeah, we did. Fincher keeps rocking up. Um, yeah, we've also got some uh, Anthony Hopkins to talk about. Oh, it's going to be a good episode, I think. So, um, yeah, episode 45 will be Silence of the Lambs and Seven for all you detective fans out there. Hello, Clarice. It's so good to see you again. And I might have to get me a Chianti. And some nice a Chianti and some faba beans. Yeah. <laughs> um... We've got some questions, shout-outs, comments, which we're going to do. Um, you want to do that now, Gav? Yeah, yeah, go for it. Yeah, do it. Let's do it now. Do it, uh, all right, now, let's do it. So Dean, Dean Martin says, I always loved the last scene of The Terminator. So felt so much like Ray Harryhausen. That's what we said, wasn't it? It was indeed. That was indeed. Well then, Dean, you read our minds. And I found that for Robocop as well. Just uh, the robot Ed turn on going down the stairs. Yeah, they had both had that little element to them. Um, Darren's Darren's great. Darren Wilson says, "Who'd win in a fight between the Terminator and Robocop?" Fuck it, oh. Uh, I mean, I suppose Terminator, but Robocop's pretty badass too. And he's the goodies. The goodies always win, don't they? Yeah, I think out of strength, Terminator. Do you reckon? Yeah, I think he's, he's uh, Robocop has got humanness to him. Terminator is complete machine. He's a bit like Jaws. Do you want to hear Josh's answer? Yeah. The audience would win. And he is correct. <laughs> he is very, very much, very much correct. Um, Josh also had a, had a question as well, which is Jason X versus Robocop versus Terminator. I think he's asking who would win out of those. I <laughs> think Robocop would get knocked out, and I think it'd be Terminator versus Jason X. Um, then that would be a battle of the battles. That would be ridiculous. I don't know who would win after that. Uh, Josh also says I'm sure Westworld would be happy to host the event <laughs> probably would wouldn't they that'd be amazing <laughs> um, that would be pretty awesome those are the only comments and questions we got but they're pretty amazing um, to be honest with you um, so thank you very much for that guys that was really really cool um, yeah man uh, well great episode I'm looking forward to episode 45 have you got anything you want to say before we no sh- uh, big up to Josh who has actually pre-ordered the album he told me so thank you thanks yeah. dude 
One thing I will quickly just say is, as of recording, um, we are still in the middle of our mug campaign. Um, podcast on Haunted Hill Mugs. Don't be a mug, get a mug. So for anybody who hasn't got one, um, you know, there's no sort of number uh, limit on these, really, or, or maximum. Yeah, just, just go for it, really. Um, they're available, and I think at this... I'm just having a look, actually. Uh, as I say this, I believe about five or six have been sold. I've had a couple of messages from our American listeners who have actually purchased them, so I'm really genuinely touched and chuffed, guys. Uh, that yeah, thank you very much. Um, you know, it's just to know that some someone in America will be sipping out of our cup it's just it means so much to us but everybody who's, who's bought one and a t-shirt and again we'll do we'll do t-shirts again in the future and um, we promise that um but yeah thank you guys but yes if you want to check out the mug campaign um please do we have sold six oh, so, that's good yeah we are and you, you've yet to buy your own one, so I've, one. Seven. I've just been told something which is uh, interesting for me that oh. there's a new film being shot down the Bourne Woods oh yeah what is it um, well, do you remember? I did tell you about this. Um, a while ago, I went for a jog down there and I jogged to the top of the hill. Got to the top of the hill and I was like, <laughs> look around and see where Beans was. Beans comes running up. I turn back round and there's a whole production crew in a semicircle standing there with a guy in front of them telling them exactly where everything's going to be shot and go, oh, second unit will be here, second unit will be here. And I walked straight slap bang into like a production meeting. Out of breath. And do you know what film it is? Um, but I'm being told at the moment, um, possibly Jurassic World 2. <gasps> no, that ties in... Oh, because Ben, who we talked about in our last episode, who does the podcast... Yes. Uh, Dog yes, Starry, Sam Dog, 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 yes. He, me and him were having a chat, and he said um, something about Jurassic World 2. Then another guy who I worked with, Tim, said, well, I've heard that the majority of the film is going to be shut shot in and around London and I said really and he said yeah, yeah apparently uh, you know they're going to only do a small amount in America the most of it will be shot over here and if they are then that ties in with it so um, I think I'm going to go tomorrow morning for a walk into the Bournemouth apparently it, the, the plot unofficially revolves around making miniaturised dinosaurs that people then buy as pets um, and they have a zoo uh, in London, where the, some of the dinosaurs are, and obviously I'm guessing they're going to break out and go nuts, aren't they? Let's be honest, that's what's going to happen. But yeah, oh wow, that's really cool. I'm really jealous, man. Oh, if you get to see, I don't know who the director is. Really, is it still uh, Trevor? To, is it Trevor Tamara? Was that his name? I can't remember his name now. Trevara, Trevara. I can't remember his name. Yeah, Chris Pratt and a few of those guys, and obviously Goldblum's in the sequel, which is great. They've brought him back for the sequel. Um, Oh wow, that's really really cool that you're going to get to do that, you bastard! Oh. Sorry, sorry dude. You, well, you need to move down this way. Well, yeah, but you know, I'm in Bristol. It's true. It's true. We've got the crocodile here in Bristol, haven't we? Yeah, I suppose. Anyway, what else is going on? So that's next time we've got uh, Science of Lambs and Seven, a bit of a detective series. We should uh, yeah. mention any other sort of detective-y, bloodthirsty detective. Yeah, we'll have a chat. We'll have a chat. But not, we're not going to do Jallo. Um, It'd be psychological for We will. We're going to. We are going to do Jallo at some point. But um, oh, we decided not to, didn't we? Yeah, Dunk Dunk's just done some Jallo, and we don't want to just Baz, flood. Baz took on a couple of movies we were thinking he about did, talking he about, did, so, so we'll leave that. Yeah, we'll leave that for a bit. Um, we do want to come back to it at some point. I mean, Jolly's great, but yeah, we don't. We want. We want to do something slightly different. And I've, I just feel, as Jonathan Demme unfortunately passed away recently, what a great time to reflect on uh, Silence of the Lambs. Great movie. Um, 
little sneaky peek. I don't I hope you don't mind, Gav, but we, we know what we're doing for 46 as well. 46 is going to be Rodriguez. So the next two episodes are going to be pretty, pretty slamming. Rodriguez episode will be um, Dust Till Dawn and uh, Planet Terror. So you're in for a bit of a treat there that as well. Fun. And apparently he's going to be directing the remake of Escape from New York. Yes. Which yes, I personally yes. think, okay, if he doesn't do it cheap and he actually gets a bit of a major studio behind him a little bit <clears throat> and it's not too because it, it's not not saying cheap obviously does his own things as long as it's not like machete in space trailer do you know what i mean it's a little yeah. bit uh i'm sure it wouldn't be have you seen uh do you not think that um planet terror has a bit of a uh, Escape from New York vibe to it. Well, um, he wanted Carpenter to score it, and Carpenter was going to do it. Then all of a sudden, Rodriguez did it himself or something. Yeah, I, I, I think, I think that could be a pretty good pick, actually. Just like I'm not, I'm quite excited again for David Fincher to be directing um, World War Z. That could be quite good, I think. Yeah, yeah. He's a pretty prolific director, and for him to take on the zombie genre and see what he does with it, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, horror. Great time to be alive if you're a horror fan. Yeah, lots, lo- lots going on out there. Uh, cool. Well, should we get out of it? It's been a very long episode. Yes, it's a good night from uh, from me. It's a good night from me. It's a good night from Robert. <laughs> uh, yeah, and it's a good night from... Ah, the robot's killing me. It's crashing <laughs> my head. Ah. And it's a good night from Robots in Disguise. The Transformers. Uh, All right, take it easy, guys, and we'll see you again real soon. Cheers, guys. Take it easy. Bye now. Thank you for listening to the podcast on Haunted Hill. We will be back again real soon.